Ali Bab Howdy and welcome sports fans to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the only podcast that brings you coverage dedicated exclusively to that hoopster of the hardwood, that blizzard of the backboard, the hardest working cracker in basketball, their words not ours. Of course I'm talking about beloved American icon Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by the archangel of acting, Jim Barney. This is episode 13, Slam Dunk Ernest. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is my lovely co-host, David. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Perhaps I can be of some assistance. And joining us for episode 13, Slam Dunk Ernest, is our friend Cindy. Welcome to the podcast, Cindy. Hello, listeners. Nice to be here. Nice to have Hi. you. <laughs> I'm excited. Oh. Can you imagine? Nah, it doesn't sound like you. I wasn't excited, and then I was. I didn't think I was going to like it at first, but then, then I, decided I decided that I, I did, did like, like it. it. <laughs> yes. First of all, I love telling people that this is a movie that exists. <laughs> I, like, I love telling, just, just saying the title, Slam Dunk Ernest, and watching people's reactions. They laugh every time. You say it and they immediately know what it is. I mean, that's what a good earnest title does. So this is a 1995 release. Correct. We're back to movies. Yeah. We're in the 90s. And this is our era. We started in the 80s. We started in the 80s. Literally. Yeah. And now we're talking about things that we would have actually seen as children. Which is why I'm actually really excited to have you here, Sydney. And this is why I'm excited to be here. I'm really excited to ask you this question. Sure. What is your background with Ernest? Okay, so I remember watching him on TV around the age of seven or eight and I just remember laughing so hard to all of his at the time for me were like crazy jokes that I've never seen before the slapstick comedy but I think what was a really good memory for me is that my grandmother it was a family time for us so my grandmother would be there my mom would be there and we would literally cry laughing so hard at all of his jokes so it was not only him but it was a family time for me every time he was on TV. That's why every time I think of Ernest or even in this case talk about him, I get that definitely nostalgic feeling and that warm yeah. comfort. I That's guess. cool. Yeah. Ernest P. Worrell, bringing people together. That's it. I think you're like the first person we had on that like really watched a lot of Ernest as a okay. kid and had him as sort of... Uh, a large presence. Yeah. And this is kind <laughs> of great. the perfect movie for you because this movie is basically about Ernest being a role model. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Out of all of them, I think this is such a message movie. And I think this oh, movie yeah. speaks to kids directly more than any of the others. Sure, sure. On a totally deeper level as well. I would say yeah. so. This felt sort of more like putting Ernest back into the role of like a supporting character. He yeah. is the main character, but he's kind of not. It's he's not, not it's really not, the point. Yes. It's not quite his story. Like explicitly at the end, it's like, oh, all of these events mm-hmm. that unfolded were not really about Ernest. Nope. That, and like, I like that. I've said it, before, it, it I really like Ernest as a supporting character. Sure. And just as a note, again, to anyone who might be joining us for the first time, this is not a movie review podcast. Correct. This is a character analysis podcast. If you want somebody to do a takedown of Slam Dunk Ernest, I'm sure there are many, many out there for you to listen to, but we're looking for the merit in this. Sure. Because I do think there are positives. And Ernest is people's childhoods. Oh, and yeah. I do want to take care of people's childhoods. Case in point. Case exactly. in point. That's yeah. it. Here. This is definitely a good movie to talk about in terms of just how important I think he was to chill us 90s kids. Yeah. I'm excited. Well, should we just dive into the Let's movie? Let's just dive just, in. Like, okay. Take the, the, take the shot? <laughs> the premise of Slam Dunk Ernest. Where is Ernest now? Ernest is where we often find Ernest. He's in the role of a uh, a janitor. Yep. That uh, cleans up in a mall. He's part of the overnight cleaning crew. 
crew. Correct. Employed by a very small cleaning business called Clean Sweep. And the Clean Sweep on their nights off actually doubles as a city league basketball team. Correct. And they are aspiring pros. They want to be in the NBA. Who doesn't? And for some reason, (laughs) Ernest is on their crew. It's like this basketball team and Ernest clean them all. Yes. (laughs) Like, you know, these guys have known each other for years and then somehow Ernest got hired on. I think because we'll find our team leader slash business owner, Barry Worth, has a bit of a soft heart. And I think he saw some value in Ernest and brought him in. He does. I Barry Worth is team Ernest, I think, in the end. What I kind of imagined, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree with this, is that Ernest was like already hired by the mall and uh, was just kind of like the only janitor. And then, like, the owner, Mr. Ellis or whoever, like, found this other cleaning crew and was like, well, these guys would probably do a better job. Mm-hmm. And then Barry was like, well, I don't want to, like, put this other guy out of a job. Yeah, so I'll just, take I'll just him like, on. bring him into the fold. I will buy that theory. Yeah. Yeah, I think I that fits that. perfectly. Yeah. Somehow Ernest got involved with these guys. Before we get into this movie deep, let's start with the opening. Oh, yes, because this movie <laughs> actually begins in 1964. That's right. <laughs> it's not even black and white. It's just, like, the saturation is turned, like, 90% bit, down. Yeah. And it says 1964. It starts in a playground basketball court. Ernest, I guess we're seeing like a 14-year-old Ernest. Yeah, about. I, I, I thought about like 13, 14. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems to line 64, up. 64, and he would have been like a 1950 baby. Yeah. So it's a 14-year-old Ernest just watching kids play basketball. Basketball bounces over to him. and Ernest, no. Ernest, I know what you're thinking. Don't shoot it, Ernest. It would be better if you just pass me the ball. Ernest, no, don't shoot it. Ernest, don't shoot it! My first note on this movie is all caps, Ernest, don't shoot it. He shoots the basketball and chaos ensues. I mean, this sets up a thing that kind of comes back later, but whenever Ernest shoots a basketball, it kind of has, let's say, a, a domino effect. It's sort of like a Rube the- Goldberg it, it's, machine. It's a sort, yes. There's a ricochet. Correct. Like, yeah. Unless, of course, he's slam dunking, well, in which case there's no issues. Sure. Slam dunk Ernest is a powered up superhero yeah, yeah, that yeah. has some sort of abilities beyond those of but mortal men. three-pointer Ernest has impossible luck. It bounces off the backboard and then hits about, I don't know, 15 people. In this town, <laughs> like it goes through a restaurant, it hits some paramedics that are carrying someone on a stretcher, which is horrifying. It hits like a valet, and then it passes by the valet again later, and the valet is like, "Wait, basketball, you forgot your keys." <laughs> And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and manages to hit the couple twice. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a slightly traumatic experience with basketball. It is. And maybe he just wants to redeem himself from this moment in his childhood for the entire movie. He's got some uh He's got trauma. some basketball chip on his shoulder. Uh, yeah. Oh, can we talk about the song that is playing underneath? Oh. He's the baby, he's the boy. Oh. He's the baby, oh. he's the boy. He's the baby, he's, he's the, the baby, boy. He's the boy. Yeah. My head exploded. <laughs> so is that a callback to Ernest Scared Stupid? Yeah, that's what old Lady Hackmore says. You're right, the baby, right. you're the boy. Well, what I like about those lyrics is that it can mean two things. Baby, boy, as in like a cool, cool cat. Oh, but sure. at the same time, I feel like with Ernest, he's literally childlike mentally, baby and a boy. I still think of it as a reference to Jim Barney because he was the only boy among his siblings and he was the youngest. Right. Yeah, so I was like, too. I always think of it as a direct reference to it. It's, it's weird that it comes back. It can be all of those things, guys. It exactly. came back and they made it and they wrote it into the song like 
Why? That's yeah. what I want to know. Why? Well, I mean, it's not the last callback to previous oh, Ernest no. franchises not in right. this movie. This is Ernest right. makes a lot of callbacks. <laughs> so this actually, there's a transition. Like the basketball bounces into present day where the clean sweep, cleaning crew, and Ernest are watching a basketball game in the mall as they're cleaning. After hours. Ernest is basically like waxing poetic about basketball. He's immediately giving unsolicited advice <laughs> about sports again. It's like a romance with the ball. It's, it's like a dance with a hoop. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is where I really do feel like the absence of the other writers. A lot of the people that we've come to know and love in the Ernest Brain Trust sure. have kind of moved on. We are down Coke Sams. We're down a Glenn Patach. We're down Stephen Leisure. We've still got John Cherry and Daniel Butler yep. writing this. But I do feel the absence of these other Ernest Brain Trust members. Oh, sure. He changes. Ernest does. Yeah, it feels like a little bit of the floweriness is gone, a little bit of the polish. Oh, yeah. It still feels like Ernest, but it's not what it was. No. If Coke Sams are on the writing crew for this one and the others, what he had to say about basketball would have been more ornate. Absolutely. And it would have been more pseudo-Shakespearean as we like. Yeah. He still has the same attitude as he says it, but his dialogue is just not as eccentrically brilliant. Complex, yeah. yeah. It, he's still, he, he's got the cadence, but like, yeah, exactly. the, the words aren't there. That's I think that's what the hardest thing about this movie was for me is to lose that aspect of Ernest sure. because that is kind of the most fascinating aspect of Ernest to me is his like offbeat brilliance oh, yeah. in his dialogue. Definitely. And it's not there. You feel it, yeah. He's not as much of a genius. Like he's still Ernest. He's still really sweet and endearing and he still has the gleam of an intelligent person in his eyes. But it's just different. It's different. Yep. You know? So Ernest is watching the game on TV with the Clean Sweep crew. Let's just introduce these guys sure. really quick. So, so we already met Barry Worth, the team leader. He seems to be the only one with a wife and child. He is a, a responsible family man. Family man. Yeah. We should say right. he's upstanding. And then the others are just like a bunch of jerks. Uh, <laughs> but I love them. Yeah. They're bros. They're is a what lovable I would say. bunch of scamps. We've got TJ, yeah, who's the hot <laughs> head. I was just calling him the hot <laughs> head. Yeah. We've got Willie, who's pretty much like a Zen Buddhist. <laughs> you I know, love Willie. Willie's the guy with the glasses, right? Yeah. Yes. He kind of strikes me as like, oh, you have glasses. Is that why you're trying to say like smart sounding things? Or I think it's his like Buddhism. He's got like a that mm -hmm. kind of like mind over matter vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it seems like he speaks a little bit more like that when he's got the glasses on. He does, <laughs> which is yes. really interesting. Well, that's what made me think of it. I was like, yeah, yeah it's like the prop to yeah. help him sound more intellectual. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got uh two, I think, less developed personalities on the clean sleep. We've got Walter. He's just, he's all right. Yeah. And Tommy T. He's a big, the tallest. That's yes. his personality, the tallest. <laughs> he's the tall one. <laughs> uh, right out of the gate, they start making fun of Ernest for like, you know, his little speech about basketball. Right. Which is fair because they're a basketball team and Ernest is Ernest. Correct. He's trying to educate them about <laughs> that, basketball. That is a, a, a statement you could say about a lot of this movie. They are a basketball team. <laughs> Ernest, Ernest is Ernest. Ernest. I don't know how much we want to get into the race aspect of this movie. Probably not that much. Sure. But it is an aspect. Just in the sense that there is a culture clash sure. with these guys. We like I don't remember that that many black people even being in earnest movies. Right. And I'm kinda like, we're all the black people. And yeah. then this movie, the majority of the cast is African American. Right, absolutely. So it's nice to see that represented. Actually, that's something I really like about this movie. Kids need to see themselves represented on the screen. Absolutely. I like that minority kids can watch this movie and like see themselves represented. I think it's really yeah. important. I appreciate this movie for that aspect alone. Totally. For the diversity. Because there's another character, which is Barry's son, Quincy. Yes. Who is kind of 
of the main character of this movie. Yeah. He doesn't have the most screen time, but he is the character that the movie is about. And I wouldn't say the movie is like explicitly about race. What I would say. No, no, no. It's not about race. I would say like Ernest and the Clean Sweep crew, they have a lot of things not in common uh, yeah. and race is one of them. Yeah. But it is not the most important thing. And Correct. you know what? I will say, I've heard people say that the Clean Sweep crew is like racist to Ernest yeah. when they're making fun of Ernest. And it's mainly TJ. First thing he says is, brother, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, Ernest. Man. You're short. Short. <laughs> which like, Wish. they're the same height, which you pointed <laughs> really? out. You're like, the, he is not the same. short. Is that true? They are okay. literally, he's literally like the same height is TJ. That's but TJ funny. says he's short and Yoda-ish. And then he says, And you're not just white, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whiter than white. You're redneck. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of nods and smiles at that. Yeah. Like he doesn't really take it as an insult, but I can see how people would say, oh, the clean sweep team is like, they're racist against Ernest. But honestly, the way they rib Ernest, the dynamic between them feels more like he's the little brother that wants to tag along and do all the fun things they're yep. doing. And they're like, you're over here. Like, it, it's not that he's not part of the group, but that, that his role is the little brother that doesn't really get what the rest of them are doing. He's the baby. He's, he's the, the boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So the way they treat Ernest and their issues with him, I don't think have anything to do with Ernest being white. I think it has everything to do with the fact that Ernest is clumsy and just simply has nothing in common with them. Sure. I think if he were good at basketball, they would welcome him wholeheartedly, which, spoiler alert, is exactly what happens I was in this say, movie. I wonder if there's any sort of, like, I don't know, textual evidence <laughs> yeah, for that like... happening later in the film. <laughs> so it's when they call Ernest a redneck that Barry's like, okay, that's enough, and, yeah. like, breaks it up. And it's like, come on, guys, we got to go clean. Barry's sort of the Kermit the Frog of this group where he, he has to kind of, like, wrangle well, all like, the other he's characters. He's the dad. Yeah, he's very no-nonsense. This is also where we meet Ernest's straight-up love interest. Hey, fellas, last chance to buy some lottery tickets. Yeah. Yep. Irma. Yeah, she's an interest. First of all, the first thing I thought about her was that she looks like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, I, nice. I, I, I really couldn't. The huh. hair, the orange shirt, the glass. I mean, everything. See, I had more of like a, an Annie Potts and Ghostbusters vibe from her. Oh, okay. yeah. Or she's sort of, she's, yeah. Sorry about the bug eyes comment, Irma. I'll be in my office. Yeah, totally. Well, she's short. She's really cute. She's credited as Louise Valance, but she goes by Stevie Valance now. Yeah. She was, uh, she's done a bunch of voice acting. She was Mouse on uh, Reboot and she was on, she was on Zoobly Zoo. I think she's like a voice director now. I think that's true. I actually think she's great in this movie. Yeah, I I crushed hard on her in this movie. I liked her a lot. So she plays Ernest's straight up love interest, Irma. Tara Diddle. Yes. And she works at the mall selling lottery tickets. Well, it's interesting because Ernest is like swooning correctly. He's, tra- he's lagging behind the group like the little duckling that he is. Yes. He's lagging. <laughs> he's tailing. He's at the tail end of this group as they walk by Irma and he stops to like swoon over her yep. and she's like wiping her nose on her sleeve like the, the, the universal sign for like she's a nerd. nerd. She's got nerd glasses. Nerds have, have nasal <laughs> she's issues. She's paint on her overalls. <laughs> her hair's in a ponytail. And then, who is it? Like, Walter, right? Walter comes up, and he says to Ernest, snap out of it, man. She's way out of your league. I was like, like no, are you I, sure? How is she, I don't agree with she's, that at all. They, she they sells lottery tickets at a kiosk in a mall. Like, If there was ever a league for Ernest, that's kind of it. They don't even bother letting Ernest talk to her. Like, Walter just kind of drags him away by his hat. By his hat, yeah. Which you know is a thing that they do often. So, her name is Irma Teradiddle. Teradiddle is a British term, which means... Whoa, what? Uh, which means either a petty lie or pretentious nonsense. Wow. 
Her name is spelled Teradiddle. It's actually Teradiddle is the term. I don't think it's any mistake that her name is Irma and starts with E-R. Yeah. Because she's like an other Ernest. It's almost like she makes different choices than yeah, Ernest does. Yeah, she's sort of like an alternate Ernest, alternate. an alternate. Yeah. What might have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- down the rabbit hole. We are going down the rabbit hole. So then we're introduced to who I will- uh, Oh my God. Who I initially characterized <laughs> as just merely evil mustache guy. He's amazing. What is his first name? Zamiel. So his name is uh, Zamiel Moloch. <laughs> yes. Which his name his, his name Zamiel might as well his name might as well be Bob Evil. Um, I love that when I was writing my notes, like in Google Docs, Google was like, "Do you mean Samuel?" And like, no, Google, I mean Zamiel. Zamiel means heard or asked of God. Apparently. Whoa, okay. Zamiel. But then Moloch is quote the name of an ancient type of sacrifice or possibly god possibly first worshipped in Amun. As a god worshipped by the Phoenicians and Canaanites, Moloch had associations with a particular kind of child sacrifice by parents. Holy crap! (laughs) Are you kidding me? And interestingly enough, he is also in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus. As what? As a forbidden form of idolatry. And thou shalt not let any of the seeds children pass through the fire to Moloch. That is in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 21. I think it's also Do a- Do not a, sacrifice children to Moloch. Got I it. I think it's also a direct quote from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which by the way, guys, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar He's is in this, in this movie. movie. <laughs> yes, he is. As the archangel of basketball. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. So, so, wow. So Moloch is basically a god that people sacrifice children to- Apparently. In biblical yes. times. Yeah. That's that crazy. Yeah. So, Zamiel Malik, by the way, is introduced in the same scene as little Quincy, yeah. <laughs> the child in this movie. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> okay. So, we meet Zamiel. As we knew him. First name basis. <laughs> Good old Zame. He's actually a promoter for basketball players. He seems like a scout slash promoter. Because he's with that one uh, player who's kind of like doing like a signing at, at, right. the, at the sports store. It's like kind of like a footlocker, sort of like a model. Right, right. And we see Quincy and he's looking at, um, this is such a 90s thing. He's looking oh, at yeah. these really fancy like basketball shoes called Utopian Flights. Yep. As in... Yes. Heaven. Already, this is the most spiritual Ernest movie really it's true. ever it made. Really I mean, and it's explicit. It has angels. It has Moloch. Spoiler God, alert, guys. God, God is, in, is this, in this movie. Yes, he is. God, yeah, God yeah. is. God okay, is in spoiler. We're going way too fast. Okay. Yeah. Quincy is looking at Utopian flights. I understand. If I had seen this movie as a kid, which unfortunately I did not, I would have eaten this up. I loved basketball. I wanted the fancy basketball shoes. I actually did convince my parents to get me like. $150 sneakers that lit up. I have no idea why they did. Yeah, I didn't have if those. I, I, I'm sure that if I hadn't been a little girl, they would have been stolen off me and I would have been beaten up so fast. But the fact that I was a girl made the boys think that they were girl's shoes. I and they did not they steal my sneakers. they were as ugly as the Utopian They were not. <laughs> in my, to me, now in my memory, they were beautiful, but perhaps they were as ugly as the Utopian flights. These things... They're like they're, pneumatic they powered or something? They got tubes. It says like, pressurized on the back. Yeah. There's like four tubes into the ads air pressure it's like an exhaust they have port. eyeballs on yeah. the front they, they do, do have eyeballs have well eyes. as we'll see later the utopian flight shoes are living creatures not unlike gremlins <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> they're over-designed. And it's, it's actually really hilarious. It's, it's a very apt parody. It's believable. Yeah. So Quincy is looking these at these with, let's say, great desire in his eyes, which mm-hmm. is a theme in this movie. And then, like, Samuel Moloch just, like, creeps up behind him and is like, yeah, you want those shoes? Like, yeah. he says all these creepy things. He says, like, desire is the beginning or something like that. What does he say? Desire is 90% of the game. Wow. He's being tempted by the dark side. He totally, like, he actually, he tempts Quincy by saying, like, everybody plays, but the winners have the edge. Like, these shoes will give you the edge. The edge is, like, a thing that, like, comes up as this very vague concept. It's like the advantage. It's like the secret, yeah, or something. The secret, kind of, like, the magic thing that will, make solve your life. Or the very thing that would finally make that person pretty much sell their soul. Oh, sure. 90% of the game, I think he's pretty much just saying, well, that's more than half the battle. I can convince you to do anything that I want. And it works most of the time, as quoted by him. Yes. (laughs) Yep, that's true. So Quincy is super tempted by the Utopian flights. They're $250. In in 1995 money, no less. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Oh my God. So it turns out that the Clean Sweep crew uses the mall for basketball practice. Yeah, there's like a hoop set up somewhere in the mall that seems like maybe something that people can play with like during the day and it's like covered by a sheet. But this is where Ernest basically tries to join the team. Like he's desperately, he keeps, they're playing basketball and he's yelling at them constantly like things inappropriate to basketball like hit me. He says hit me repeatedly. He does. He says I'll drop it in the pocket. Nope. That's <laughs> not basketball. Billiards, Ernest. He's like on the escalator. He swings through like while they're playing. He swings through <laughs> like Tarzan. <laughs> Right? There's like yes. a vine. Yes. Yeah. Like, where did that It's a rope. <laughs> and by the way, Ernest screams. Big snap, I'm the baby, I'm the boy. He does, yes. Once again, yeah, we hear that again. And I was like, he said the thing. <laughs> 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 oh my god so Ernest like gets the ball and shoots it and it does like a domino effect again and kind of causes him to like lose his balance and knock over this weird ugly statue he decided statue. to climb a ladder yeah. and he's like throw the ball up to me I'm open on this precarious ladder yeah, which won't be a problem <laughs> yeah. they, the, so this basketball for whatever reason goes flying Ernest catches it from the top of this ladder yeah. which makes him fall down I think he tries to grab the sculpture but he ends up just like pushing it forward Yes. yes. He falls backwards on the ladder. They watch that happen. The sculpture pitches forward. It hits some lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The lights set some flags on fire. Yes. Which is the obvious <laughs> thing that would happen. Sure. The fire sets off the fire alarm and the sprinklers. Shut off the pressure. Turn your alarms off. And then we see sirens go off because the fire department is automatically called when this happens, which that's why it's so bad. Because the fire department shows up and the cops show up. Right, so there's all these sirens, but the sirens all sound like people making siren sounds to me. Oh my god! When it cut to the the fire trucks, it was going, ooh, and I felt like it was just. <laughs> they just had Michael Winslow. <laughs> so they funny. Have, I swear they sound like people to me. Yeah, no, you're not the only one. 
Anyway. So the cops show up. The fire department shows off. They carry off their burned flags. Oh, and a Nazi shows up. (laughs) (laughs) So also who shows up is um, more very subtle Nazi imagery. It's um, Uh, Does this character have a name? They always just call him Sarge. Sarge. And his name tag says... Security. So is his name Sergeant Security? And he's got a vague emblem on the side of his jacket. He's, he's very Hitler-esque. Yeah. He's he goose-steps everywhere. He does goose-step. It's very Everything bizarre. It's weird. It's, he just seems out of place. I feel yeah. like he's taking his job too seriously. He can be I that. I think talking about the literally... actor, too. Like The actor is <laughs> taking this way too far, maybe. Not only does a Nazi show up, this sergeant, but um, also Mr. Ellis, oh, the owner who of the I'm mall. assuming is the owner of the mall, Mr. shows Ellis. up. And he's, like, chastising Barry and Barry. He's like, I'll take responsibility. It won't happen again. And Sergeant Nazi is just like, you're right, it won't. And I'm just like, all right, relax, guy. Yeah, man. Like, we got it. So, like, Barry's taking responsibility for what That's happened. That's what Barry does. They don't explicitly say that they were playing basketball, which I think is clever on their part. They can't. I think if they said that, they would be fired. They'd be fired. But Ernest is like, listen, like, Barry told me I should have been watching where I was going, and I didn't. Just take it, it, was out, my of, fault. Take it out of my pay. It was my fault. Yeah, he takes the full thing. <laughs> for the thing. rest of his life. <laughs> but what is nice about this is that the Clean Sweep team is, like, really, really, really appreciative. Yeah. Like, they all crowd around him and all thank him personally. Like, Ernest, thank you so much. That was awesome. It was sweet. Yeah, they're like, you didn't have to do that, Ernest. Like, we owe you. If there's anything we can do. (laughs) And Ernest is like... Well, now that you mention immediately, it. <laughs> immediately, he like leverages this. Yeah. Right? It's so opportunistic of him. He's like, Cashing well, you can let me join the team. And they regretted that, I'm sure. That <laughs> the second they regretted <laughs> saying that. I felt bad for them. It's like, oh, they're trying to go pro. And now they're going to have Ernest P. Worrell on their basketball team. Yep. That shouldn't even happen. <laughs> like, how could that yeah, happen? Correct. All the guys are like, no, no, no. And then Barry, because he's the dad, has to walk them, physically separate them, them from Ernest, yep. take them aside and say, look, guys, he just wants to be part of the team. Because that's the thing that Ernest, it's not like malicious, but I do feel like he knows what he's doing when he gets a little bit emotionally manipulative. He presses buttons. He knows he what knows, buttons to press. I think he is aware that he has big puppy dog eyes. Yep. And I think he's aware that when he makes a sad face, people feel bad for him. Yep. I just wanted to play basketball with you guys. You know, I just like wanted to be one of the guys. Hey, don't even go to Ernest. Please. And Jim Varney's performance has been getting more and more childlike, and I mentioned it, and Ernest goes to jail, and, like, I think it's most extreme in this movie, where the way he holds himself is such, like, a little kid. Like, he slouches so much, he's always holding his knees together. He's always, like... Sheepish, almost. Like, I don't know what to do with my arms. Like, looking down at his shoes, like, fiddling with his fingers, fiddling with his shirt. How are they supposed to resist when he does that? They can't. He never really had that shameful look about him. He was always the opposite even like, though yeah, what he really... would say is embarrassing he He'd said it with confidence it. yeah now he's really it's lost not like a lot that. of confidence in this movie too you're right yeah so barry takes the, the team aside and yeah. convinces them you know who barry's kind of like he's kind of like the sheriff from uh scared stupid where yeah, like yeah yeah he, he kind of he kind of gets earnest he has to like play the middleman between mm-hmm. Ernest and like these other forces and make right. things work and it's it's very difficult for him but he he's trying to give everyone what they want he does and it's like you can't Make everyone happy, do that. but yeah. You can't Often, really. Yeah. He says, All right, guys, we do owe Ernest. But he'll never play with us. He'll just dress out, okay? He just wants to be part of the group. You heard him? Oh, oh Barry. no, That's Barry. That's not going to work. Barry, no. <laughs> yeah. So they go back over. Barry explicitly says, Okay, Ernest, you can dress out. 
but you're going to sit on the bench. Oh, Barry, you should have known. This is not going to go the way that he... he, There's no way he could have imagined how bad it could go. That's true. He hasn't seen enough Ernest movies. That's true. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) These poor guys. You know, because they always try to be cool, and they have Ernest as a mascot. I mean, they always try to be cool, and then they have Ernest. <laughs> yeah, period. Like can, and, yeah, <laughs> and, and Ernest is there. always there. Yes. And as soon as, like, as the second they walk off, Ernest is like, I'm the man. Yeah, he starts doing a chant that's essentially, Ernest, Ernest, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. And then does the largest mouth opening <laughs> I have ever seen Jim <laughs> Barney do. It is, it's like... of the screen is the inside of his mouth? Yes. You know, the first time that we cut to a close-up of Ernest, it's way too close. In this movie. It's like seeing the pores of Jim Barney's face. There's a point where it's, at that point, it obscures his acting. Yes. So right away, we're at basketball. Yeah, we head to the the memorial gym where Ernest um, walks up and does a door gag, hits himself in the face. Jim Barney's still got it. Jim Barney does really have it. He's playing it so cartoony. He's walking towards the gym and he does such a big wind-up just to walk forward. Yeah. It's so great. So he goes into the locker room where the team is like putting on their jerseys and he's trying to be cool. He's saying all these terrible things like, like, here I am in the locker room, tank of the Titans, temple of testosterone. It's reaching for floweriness. It's re- it doesn't never get there. It's yeah. true. But he has the, the cadence. When he does that, he feels like Ernest. He's also trying to like sort of be broy with them and like saying things that are, oh, I wrote it down. Oh, he says, <laughs> Uh, it's such like a dad yeah. joke of like trying to figure out like well, what hip daddy. phrases are. He says right arm. Right arm. Oh, uh, out of state. Out of state. That's and what he says. Frozen. Well, because one of them is like, be cool, Ernest. Like, yeah. calm down. And he just goes frozen. Like, well, no. I, think, is, I don't know if it's now or later, but someone else is like, Ernest, you're tripping. And he's like, <laughs> no, right. I'm not tripping. I'm on solid ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's TJ. TJ gets really angry. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about, solid ground? <laughs> and then Barry again has to come in and break it up. And he gives Ernest his jersey. Like, yep. Barry gives Ernest a hastily made jersey. Which says negative zero. Negative, oh, my gosh. Like, would Barry do that? In, in chalk, chalk and like chalk, like, right? Like it's like a blank jersey. I thought jersey. it was like, like a laundry marker or something. Yeah, it's okay, something yeah. Yeah. white out or I don't know. Why negative zero? Because Ernest joke. It's just symbolism. He's dumb yeah, movie. it felt like something Barry wouldn't do. But no, I was I like don't maybe think he delegated it and one of the others did it. Yeah. So Ernest gets this jersey, like he gets the uniform. He's part of the team, and he's like, "This is the proudest moment of my adult life." And, and TJ finds that sad. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other guys says, like, lose the hat. And then someone else is like... Willie says it's probably bolted to his skull. Which we then see <laughs> he is, tries, is accurate. He because, tries to take the hat off and he can't. Because we can't yeah, see him can't without, see the him without the hat. Damn it. <laughs> and then we cut to the court where we meet. Where oh, your we fav- officially your favorite meet character. one of my favorite characters, Dr. Love. Dr. Love. Dr. Love. On whoosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> This is Dr. Love, your medicine woman of the air on WUSH. Dr. Love is basically the sports commentator for the City League tournament. Correct. Basically. And also, Willie, mm-hmm. there's a little subplot where Willie is in love with Dr. Love. Correctly. Right? Can we just talk about her snacks? I was going to say, can anyone explain the snacks to me? <laughs> She's very hungry. <laughs> that must be it. Like, I mean, once Dr. Love has a hearty appetite. She has cookies. She has popcorn and pretzels. At one point, she's a giant like cake roll. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cinnamon like roll. Like a or something. whole cake. Yeah. Later on, like Willie tries to take like yeah, a chip and she, she like, slaps, slaps his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
love Dr. Love. So like Willie walks up to Dr. Love. He, he calls her oh so fine perfection of a black woman. Yep. Which made me laugh. He says like if beauty were a minute, you'd be an hour. <laughs> and if you'd be a flower, you'd be a rose. Yeah. If beauty were an automobile, you'd be a solid. A solid gold Rolls Royce. Royce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then he ends it with, girl, sign my head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And puts his bald head down to her so that she can write Dr. Love on it in Sharpie. She writes Dr. Heart. Period. Period. And then he says, I will never wash again. And she says, I didn't think you ever had. Boom. Boom. Sick burn. Tommy T kind of walks him away like, come on, man. Let's go, Casanova. <laughs> Tommy T flows with her first. He says, uh, Dr. Love, is unrequited love bad for your health? Or something like that. And she says, well, you see, baby, I wouldn't know about that. My love never goes unrequited. Bam. Dr. Love yeah, has yeah. figured it out. She's smooth, man. She is. She is. Smooth. You can't trip up Dr. Love. They don't call her Dr. Love for nothing. That's true. But she also serves a very practical purpose in this movie, which oh, yeah, is basically no. to be Dr. Exposition. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's helpful because she talks about how even though they lose the first game, why did they lose the it's first game? It's a double game? elimination. Oh, it's because Ernest knocks over a bunch oh, of basketballs, okay. Yeah, it's okay. which is a so technical poor, okay. foul. Poor Barry. All Ernest is doing is wearing a jersey. Sure. So You're Ernest- right. He has not seen the other films. No. We no, have. No. You're correct. So <laughs> finally, everyone has, uh, has arrived on the court. Finally, Ernest has changed. He walks out. Oh, Lord. He, he walks out. And <laughs> it's the It's the best arm scene. It's the best arm scene. It's not just the best arm scene. All the movie, the whole movie is the best arm scene. That's the best arm scene. And that's the best arm scene. And that's the best arm scene. The two thirds of this movie is the best arm scene. He could have worn a t-shirt under his jersey, but he didn't. I think they wanted him to wear the t-shirt, but then he got hot and they decided the jersey was blue anyway, so it didn't matter. And he just wears the jersey. It's just Jim Barney's arms for like a solid hour. And they're they're so beautiful. They're so beautiful. There's been like no arm scenes. And now we have the best arm scenes over and over and over and over again. Best arm scenes. They're amazing. Karen, how do you really feel? You know, I like that they're lean. Sure. You know, there's a lot of arms in this movie, but there's something about Jim Barney. He's like lean Sure, yeah, and he, has, he has a low body fat percentage. The veins pop out. That's- he's, he's very vascular, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. And I, it, I it, love it, the veins. Like, usually veins are gross to me, but on him, no, they just no, perfectly it, define everything. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. And there's so much lifting his arms and, like, contracting and expanding. It's just so much moving. A lot of flexing. Mm-hmm. Just to... Um, just to put a basketball on the hoop. Sure, sure. I love this. This is a great movie. <laughs> like this is just an amazing That's movie. This is a great movie. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Um... <laughs> okay, so the arms come out and Ernest, also attached to them, comes out, sits on the bench. And ruins everything. Yes. He's really like chomping at the bit to like get in the game and like trying to get Barry to put him in. There's also like a blatant look of disappointment on Quincy's face because he's sitting in the stands and then Ernest walks out and he just goes, uh, yeah. And then the whole rest of the thing is Barry and the team trying to strategize in their huddle and then Ernest like constantly tapping Barry on the shoulder like he's a little kid. Yeah. Constantly saying like Barry, 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 Barry and saying like he made lemonade out of fresh squeezed lemons. Yes. He's such 
touch the little brother. Like, You're thanks, absolutely Ernest, right. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. But then he's kind of the mom, too, because then he takes out a camera and, like, starts taking yeah. photos of them. A flash photography. Yeah, flash photography. this is 1995. And then Barry has to, like, stomp over him and be like, Ernest, sit down. Don't take photos. Don't disrupt yeah. the game. And, like, Ernest, he, like, fiddles with his camera. He's like a little kid. He, like, puts it under his shirt. Yeah. There's a lot of fiddling with there's the jersey, as we said. They start playing. And I don't think he's ever been so disruptive where people have told him repeatedly to stop. It was literally like a toddler moment that he had here. We were kind of surprised. Actually, yeah. Barry had told him so many times. And I I don't know if he's doing that intentional. It was kind of weird. His his excitement got the better of him or something. It really did. Because he's brought pom-poms, guys. Yes. Literally the cheerleader. He brought pom-poms and decides that he's going to be the cheerleader. And he's not even spelling anything. No. Like he's saying, like, give me a W, give me a Q, give me an L. (laughs) Give me a cursive R. It's not anything. (laughs) CJ, CJ, he's our man. He can't do it. Walter can. Yay! Give me a W. Not only is this, like, really disruptive, it's also, like, really embarrassing because the yeah. other team finds this hilarious, yeah. right? Basketball, you kind of want to be cool. Sure, sure. <laughs> and they're not at all. And TJ looking at him, and then he just totally missed the pass. And was... Ernest doesn't have, sort of, say, the most melodious voice. No, it's like... it's very uh, biting, <laughs> it's I, like... I would say. Give me an L! The clean sweep can't seem to keep their mind on the game. Their cheerleader seems to be distracting them. Barry! Willie drops the ball and the other team takes it because Willie's just staring at Ernest like in confusion. And Barry's like, ignore him, ignore him. Like So hard to they ignore They go him at least three times. They go over and tell him to shut up. Yeah. They tell him so many times to stop, he won't. They go back to huddle. Ernest keeps tapping Barry on the shoulder like he's a little kid and Barry's the dad. And he's like, Barry, Barry. He's like, not now, Ernest. Not now, Ernest. Not now, Ernest. Not now, Ernest. Walks away. And then Ernest... Ernest does, like, one of my favorite moments in the entire movie. He says, Well, I'll be your secret weapon. I'll just sit over here on the bench like a coiled cobra throbbing with power. And then he pretends to be a snake. He's doing, like, snake pantomime with his hand. It's one of the most hilarious moments in the whole movie. His snake face. His coiled cobra the impression. Hissing. They're not up on you. <laughs> that, and at that moment, he really felt like Ernest to me. He's like, oh, he's doing a snake impression. And sure. he's like, he's saying he's throbbing with power like a coiled cobra. Like, he should be saying a lot of analogies. He should be making a lot of yeah. weird metaphors. Like, that feels like Ernest. So finally, Ernest knocks over a rack of basketballs. Bunch of basketballs roll onto the court and the other team member falls all over them. At which point, the ref calls a technical foul on the clean sweep because Ernest is wearing a uniform. Right. The one thing, the one nice thing that Barry did, yeah. like, totally blows up in his face. Because they were like, he's not with us. And the ref is just like, he's wearing a uniform. That's it. Yeah. It's a technical foul on the clean sweep. And TJ, at this point, they have to hold TJ back. Like, oh, yeah. TJ, no, don't beat he's up Ernest. He's not Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think one of the foul shots like ties the game and then the other one wins the game. Yeah, so, so the yeah. game wasn't even tied. So the other team wins because they got two foul shots. And I love that Dr. Love says her commentary is in a bizarre ending, the clean sweep lose by one. Like the way she says it, it's just like, that was weird, right? Like that was weird. <laughs> Do you guys see that? <laughs> but as she tells us, it is a double elimination, elimination tournament. tournament. Right. So they still have a chance to advance. Yeah. So they're in the locker room and they're pissed. Willie has his glasses again and is like, even I find this irritating. And he's zen again. He walks away <laughs> quietly. TJ's his- is the worst because he's just like, I told you, Barry. And he doesn't even say anything to Ernest. Just gives him like this look of utter disdain. One of the other guys is like, to Ernest, are you just lucky? 
or is this a God-given talent? Right? I think I said in school that maybe the reason that Ernest has impossible luck is because the universe or God, and now we, I think we can say now it's God. In this movie, in definitely. This movie, get, yeah. Like, to keep him humble, these right. things happen. Because if he weren't humbled, he would go crazy. Yeah. His ego yes. would get the better of him, which, spoiler which, alert, yeah, is what happens <laughs> in this little. movie. And even Barry is like, That's, you know, oh God. I'm disappointed. I you gave disappoint- you a uniform and you lost the game for us and you, you didn't, didn't even, even play. play. Yeah. That's... <laughs> No, how has that happened? Yep. Ernest. And Ernest is left alone in the locker room. Yeah, the team leaves and oh. Ernest goes into like a weird, dark sort of uh, theatrical All he monologue. wanted to do was get a pizza with them after the game. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Yep. I just wanted to be one of the guys, part of the team. Maybe go out for a pizza after the big game. Talk about super plays. Talk stats and belch out loud that kind of thing and then he basically starts crying and says why me lord why me mm-hmm. at which point at which point god himself it becomes explicitly involved in an earnest movie correct by way of basketball oh. legend kareem abdul jabbar the tallest man in this film <laughs> so Ernest is like why me lord and kareem comes in and is like Good question. Why you? There's a heavenly light and smoke and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is spinning a basketball on his finger and then he takes his finger away and the basketball is still spinning in midair (laughs) and then he snaps his fingers and the basketball falls down. That's like the best gag in the whole movie. Kareem is the archangel of basketball. I'm the archangel of basketball. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, I guess so. I don't think it is. He's officially become the messenger from God. And Ernest is very concerned because he's like, oh man, I've committed such a grievous sin against basketball. Yeah, that you've come to take me out of the big game. He thinks the angel's there to kill him. Yes. I mean, with Ernest's <laughs> That's his with first Ernest's assumption. Luck, with oh, that's luck. it. God wants to kill me. So the archangel of basketball, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, is like, no, you're not dead. Probably the best line to me in the movie is he says... God doesn't take people out for a technical foul. Thesis. Yeah, like that's such a nice sentiment. Like it's a throwaway, but it's true. God doesn't take people out for a technical foul. Well, Kareem definitely feels, I mean, he is the archangel of basketball, but he's also kind of like Ernest's guardian angel in this. Mm -hmm. And he has like very much the feeling of like sort of team Ernest in a way. Apparently he was sent to give Ernest some magic shoes. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no strings attached, uh, not counting shoelaces, but the only advice that he gives Ernest about the shoes is don't Don't misuse misuse. the shoes. Mm -hmm. And by the way, they're the utopian flights. They're the ugly ass shoes (laughs) with the tubes and the eyeballs right in the front. Correct. He hands Ernest these shoes. He walks away in utter confusion. Like, I guess my scene is over. (laughs) (laughs) He comes off very sweet, but a bit out of his depth. He's not. A, he's he's not an actor. He's neither a scientist nor an actor. Uh, not a thespian. Correct. Like the late great Jim Varney. But so Kareem leaves, and Ernest is immediately like, "Oh, I get it. You guys can come out now. This was a really funny gag." Yeah, like, he's like, "I wonder where Barry and them got that guy." He thinks it's a team initiation. He says, "Oh, I see. Now it's time to blindfold old Ernest and, and paddle, paddle him." him. <laughs> That's great. That's great. When he said that, I was like. Oh, honey, that's happened to you before, <laughs> hasn't it? That's the same thing I thought. And he's like, well, I'm not I'm not staying for that. I'm leaving. He puts the ugly shoes in his locker. Yep. And, and like as he gets to the door, the, the shoes have magically reappeared. By the door. By the door. Yeah. And as it turns out, these shoes are alive. Yeah. they're I, I Alive? Might have, I might have said this already. They're kind of like gremlins. They sort of like... They go... 
Yeah, they, they, they have they squeak. They, it seems like they each have a mind of their own. That it's not like a, a sort of collective consciousness of like left and right foot. It's like they're both two, two characters, forces going in two different directions and dragging Jim Varney, this poor guy, along with him. I don't know what it is these shoes want. Yeah, they, it is, yeah, it is very unclear. Like, I don't think they are on whatever God's plan is. They're not really, like, filled in. They just want to play basketball, I think. I would say the- so because they're made for that. They didn't really become still until the very moment at night when he was at the basketball court okay. to finally dunk. So it was almost like they were the whole time just leading him to get there. They, they didn't even want him to sleep in bed. That's true. So That's yeah. I think they're restless until they're on the basketball court. Yeah. And it's weird because like they squeak and it seems like he can understand what they're saying. It's like, like he speaks like an R2-D2 utopian flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yes. they put themselves on Ernest's feet and then like lace up and there's like a there's like a really ominous clicking sound. Like the shoes like click it. Like he's locked into it's the like, shoes. It's like shackles. Yeah. 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 That's what it feels like. And then they walk him out. Like, they physically drag him out. Like, Jim Varney does some great I was gonna say, acting. I said Jim Varney, like, a few seconds ago when I, what I meant to say was Ernest. But, yeah, this is all Jim Varney. No, it's Jim Varney. And his, like, footwork. Ernest says at one point, like, I feel like I'm in a Gene Kelly movie. Yeah, yeah. he says that as he goes <laughs> Because <laughs> I mean, he's dancing everywhere. They probably would have picked the same scripts. The thing is, it makes it dangerous for him to drive. Because then, like, he's trying to drive yes. home, and he's like... Make up your mind. Who's gonna drive? You operate the gas, you operate the brake, but not at the same time. He adapts very quickly to the fact that the shoes are alive. I mean, for Ernest, it's like, oh... Business as usual. A- another crazy yeah. thing happened in my <laughs> super bizarre life. Yeah. All right, I'll just I'll do the best I can. Like, I'll, I'll try to take control of this. He really does look like they're dragging him around oh yeah it's like, great it's great and yep. actually um stevie valance who plays irma teradiddle in yep. this movie i saw her say like facebook or somewhere like that that she would actually watch jim varney film these scenes she's not in these scenes but she would watch even when she wasn't she would watch him do these scenes just because she liked to watch him like act like he was being dragged around yeah because it was Pretty just incredible. really cool to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's selling the crap job. out of this. Well, there were yeah. some times where it looked so real that I was like, I'm really impressed. Yep, yeah, there absolutely. was that moment. Absolutely. So he somehow drives home. He's dragging himself to his house. He says he feels like he's in a Gene Kelly movie. And it's weird because like, Ernest is the child in this movie, but the way he talks to the shoes, it's like they're children and he's a parent. The way he talks to them is like, okay, I'm going to sleep now and my legs are going with me. Do you understand? Yeah. Or like they're little pets. This is how the vibe that I kind of got. Hold on, you guys. I'll let you in. I know the guy that lives here. Come on, I'm going to have to paint that door. Oh, and I have to talk about Ernest's house. There's yeah. some things of note. There's an exit sign pointing to his door in case he forgets how to leave his house. Which stands to reason. They've got a couple of uh, fresh vest and jeans combo. Oh, that, that I didn't hanging see. Out, That's nice. Which, hanging up, which is nice. He's got them on hangers. He's got a TV directly in front of his bed, which sure. Because Ernest. A fish above it. A big bass above his bed. Oh, yeah, like a, like a, a mounted bass. Right? Yeah, yes. yeah, a bass on a plaque. And then a globe. Ernest P. Larger World. aspirations. It's a cartoony, you know, gumball machine, child adult house. Yeah, it's it's almost like Ernest House Light is how it's I kind very, of felt yeah, about it. Yeah, it's kind of low like budget just, just enough to be like, oh yeah, Ernest lives there. And then this is probably the most horrifying scene in the entire movie where the shoes don't want Ernest to sleep. And for whatever reason, Ernest tries to go to sleep f- fully clothed because he can't take the shoes off. He lies down on the bed and he falls asleep and then... <laughs> What do they do? Do they tear him in half? 
Yes. I've always thought that they literally tore him and then just (laughs) went, just moved up. I I don't know if they bend it. I I think it's supposed to that they stretched him like he was a cartoon. I could see that too. Because you see like it's a straight on shot, but then the TV is obscuring like the middle. And then like when he sits up and screams, you can see his head and torso. And you can see like one leg on either side of the TV sticking out like impossibly far apart. Yeah, it's like a solid three feet. They either tore Ernest in half. Or they stretched him cartoonally, which I think is what is supposed to be implied. Yeah, I, I would assume And he screams stretched. bloody murder. Correct. <laughs> it's probably the most upsetting scene in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Ernest. Oh, we get a little scene with Barry. You get some more- Oh, yeah, Barry- Barry and Quincy. Hanging out with this kid, Quincy. Because Quincy, as we've seen, wants the utopian flight. Is that yeah, the, the utopian he, flights, which Ernest just got. Right. Um, the hellish And he wants the shoes because Moloch was very sort of like persuasive in like his salesmanship of them because- They'll give him the edge. Quincy wants the edge. And then Barry kind of tries to school him like, no, you know what gives you the edge is hard work and practice. Yeah. But the fact that Quincy cannot have the shoes, the way he, the thing that he seems to take from this is that, well, my dad worked really hard and didn't get anywhere. So hard work isn't what does it. Having the edge is what does it. With some nebulous, exactly. Like he kind of sees concept. his father as weak. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, coincidentally, a newscast comes on where we learn that the Charlotte Hornets, pro-NBA team that they are, sure. are announcing that they are going to play whatever team wins the City League tournament. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> sure. Did you hear that? The Hornets are going to play the City League champs. Hey! So like now the team is hyped. Like they're back at the mall. Yep. They're they're hyped because they have a chance to play the pros as long as they win the tournament. As long as they win the game they're playing that night, they can win the tournament. Which is more about they want NBA people to see them play. Cause, obviously, cause the, the scouts they want will be scouts there. to be yeah. there. Yeah. So they're like, this is our chance to play the pros. And then TJ says something like he says like, why are you guys so excited? Did you? Free- oh, I have this. This is the best line. Yo, what's up with you, Barry? Huh? Did you forget that hundred and fifty pound scrawny Gilligan looking dodo bird you saddled us up with? I that had to stop the movie line. and laugh for like five minutes at that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever heard a more accurate description of Ernest it's from pretty... anyone. I'm very curious <laughs> about whether that was like something from the writing or something from improv or like a combination because it's, it is apt. Dodo Bird is also very, very. Sure. <laughs> for Ernest is very his accurate. His Jar Jar walk. But while uh, the team is getting like sort of hyped up at the mall, Ernest is outside, still trying to, like, struggle with the shoes. He's trying to get to work. They walk him to a basketball Mm -hmm. court, and he's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, guys. Like, there's no basketball. Oh, God. And then a smoking basketball (laughs) falls from the sky. Oh, God. God (laughs) drops a basketball from heaven down to Ernest. He's like going, no, 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 I can't. The basketball drops down. He sees it. He goes... Okay. Like, he's scared. (laughs) He kind of, like, nervously. Just tell me what you want me to do. (laughs) A a problem I had with the shoes as, like, a through line for the movie is I could never figure out if the shoes were supposed to be good or evil. And maybe that's a a thing. Maybe they're, like, not inherently one way or the other. They're just, like, a force that pulls him around. I think they just want to play basketball. Yeah. I don't think they can be inherently good or evil because I think Ernest has to make a choice. Right. Gotcha. It, they're neutral based on it's really about their master. Mm-hmm. So in this case, these shoes were brought to him by God. They just want to play ball. But the other shoes that Quincy saw, 
it was going to be used in a negative way by Mr. Moloch. So they would have had another, or they did have another meaning to or, or but purpose. A purpose, correct. You're right, you're right. Because it, really, it is more just like a power and how you use it. Exactly. And by all accounts, the shoes that Moloch has are the same shoes that Ernest has. It's about the choices. It's who, who's giving them and who's taking them. And Okay, that makes sense. Ding, ding, ding. Got it. Oh, this is deep, man. Still, like, no, this, this is, is deep stuff. I had questions about this movie and this is helping. Believe it or not, I had questions about this movie. <laughs> and then the shoes finally are at rest because it's time for Ernest to dunk. Right. There's a shot of like like the basketball is like the monolith. Yes. And the the shoes light up. Charging. Yeah. They're charging. They char- it's like they charge. It's like a DeLorean. Like the lights <laughs> yeah, go yeah. on. Yes, yes. And then it shoots him up into the air towards the basket. He slam dunks. And then becomes wedged into the basketball pole. He hits the pole and creates some sort of cartoon impression in the post. He is a cartoon. (laughs) And God knows that. So God knows that Ernest is the right person for this. The chosen one. Yeah. So now Ernest has some magic shoes that help him slam dunk. Yep. He finally arrives at work. The clean sweep team don't really seem that mad at him anymore because they're really pretty hyped about how they have a chance to play an NBA team. Sure. But they're excited. They're going to go play their big tournament. They said they said something like they got started early so then they could go to play their game. Sergeant Nazi shows up. Nazi shows up. And he's like, where do you think you're going? Very disrespectful. Honestly, we're not making this up we're not just like randomly calling people nazis no. like no, no he's, no, no, he's yes. an actual nazi. he is a he is a legit explicit nazi he has a red band on his gray outfit <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he goose steps out of the yeah. scene barry says oh we started a little early because we have this game tonight yeah right and Sarge's like no you will if you leave you lose your contract you will get a new cleaning crew this guy's like the smarmy like jerk. like hall monitor at school he's like, the worst you're outside of class one minute after the bell rings i'm gonna write you a slip Detention. And then he just like goose steps <laughs> yeah. away. He makes a Literally. straight line, turns 90 degrees, and walks off with a high step march. TJ's like, well, whatever, there's jobs better than this. Like, I yeah. can leave. And then Barry's like, I have a wife and kid. I can't leave. Oh, Barry. Responsibilities. Oh, yeah. But speaking of responsibility, Ernest steps up and is like, you know what, guys? Like, I'll handle all the cleaning. You guys go play the game. And the team is like, Hey, that's great. One of them says, your ideas are getting better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lily says, this is totally unexpected. This is a big risk for Barry, like more, more so than any of the others. He has the most to lose. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough, and it's a tough call. And he's like, okay, let's do it. And he's like, I'm counting on you, Ernest, counting on you. And he's like, I will not let you down. So they take off. They head off to play the game. And Ernest hangs out and starts mopping up the place. At which point, Irma walks up. The way that they play off is sweet because Ernest is so nervous around her. And he kind of smiles like, like he struggles to get words out. And he's like, um. You, uh, you thinking about going to see the guys play? Well, I don't really like basketball that much, Ernest. Unless there's somebody playing who I really like. (laughs) Um, say, how come you're not playing, Ernest? Subtle. He doesn't get it at all. No, yeah. He doesn't pick it up at all. All right, you know what? Listen, as 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 the the lone male person here, sometimes you need to you need to really be a little bit clear. Oh come on! She says only with someone I really like. Oh, uh, how come you're not playing? That was Ernest? that was kind of clear. Indirectly, kind of Ernest Ernest has had like he's he's never been the one to I know to have that confidence. He's always mm. getting like put down, so he doesn't believe in himself enough to pick up those signals. Yeah, I mean, he says, I'm just oh, saying, he w- I get it. 
<laughs> and he's saying, well, oh, I'm the secret weapon. They only save me for like really, really tough spots. Yeah. And I mean, she's like, oh, I, okay, I guess. I feel like I've seen this exact conversation happen in Little Giants. And it was between two <laughs> seven-year-olds. I, I know, but this, I swear this exact conversation happened in Little Giants. And it was Era between specific. two small children. Yeah. They are both like little bitty children. And she is she's all to earn very it. adorable in this scene, she's I have to cute. say. No, yeah. she's very cute. He's like, okay, good night. And she walks away. And then as soon as she walks away, you're right. He's not confident in this movie until he's alone. And then all of a sudden he has that bravado, which feels well, like, more like Ernest. It's like he has it in him, but it's like there, he, but he doesn't he... have like the gumption to like let it out around yeah, other yeah. people. He's mm-hmm. like, he keeps he's it really all sort of like, like sheltered himself. He's yeah. say, he guards himself in this movie. Yeah. But as soon as they're away, he, like he becomes Ernest. He starts yeah. like doing impressions. Ah, sweetheart, they're playing our song. The one we dance to in that smoky little club in Tangier. Come, let's dance like there's no tomorrow. He starts seducing the mop, basically. Yeah, that like- was one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the whole movie. I loved it. Changing the voices, using the mop as Irma, and it was just, it was great. It was like a tango. Oh, yeah. Tango love fest. I, I kind of wished great. for a second that I was that mop when he, when he, <laughs> <laughs> when he did the Humphrey Bogart and he stroked the mop. I was like. I just made the most like flat mouth faced emoji face expression. Only because at that moment it was like Jim Barney doing a bogey and like. Oh, sure. And he, he's spot on. He does that British voice again. He's like a Peter it's, O'Toole, Peter right? O'Toole-esque, like he, yeah. Oh, that, like he, he throws the mop and then he runs over to catch it. Because I'm sorry. I don't know if we've said this explicitly, but the shoes also give him like super speed. Oh, yes. that's right. He can okay. jump really high, but he can also like run really fast. And he does like this Roger Rabbity like anticipation, and then That's goes like, what I love. or yes. it's, it's kind of like Road Runner or yeah. Flash. Yeah, he does a Road Runner anticipation, like where he he rears all the way like back, he might as well and then go he Mimi zips and off, then zip off. Yeah. yeah, and there's smoke. He leaves. Smoke. He does leave a smoke trail. Yes, so he zips. So well, this whole scene of him cleaning them all is kind of like him learning the power of the shoes. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's his training. He's like zipping around. He's jumping really high to like clean the windows of the mall. And he's like, I do windows. Like, <laughs> well, he also says at one point, the secret of success is in the polish and the power in the player and the hang time. Ah, the hang oh, time, yeah. which is useful for basketball when you can rise up, levitate for a long time and go back down. So Ernest cleans up the mall. And, All by himself. And then we cut to the uh, the basketball game. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but the first basketball game, the clean sweep team was actually playing against the team from Crater. Wait, we didn't say that. Crater Construction. <gasps> and now they're playing the Hackmore team? Hackmore Antiques. Every <gasps> single yes. team name is a reference. A lot of them are scared stupid, but there's also yeah, camp. There's also Kikiki. They yes. play the Kikiki like smoke fish at one point. Yep, yep. There's also like the ads in the arena. There's like a Mighty Work Boys. They play ad. the Tulip Brothers they team. They play the Tulip Brothers team. Like, yep. And the troll. They had the Trantor Dairy. That was really interesting. All the team names. And so the guys are playing this game. Willie totally stacks it while he's trying to impress Dr. Love again. Again, mm-hmm. he's like, Doctor Love, watch this, and like immediately like trips over <laughs> some guy. It's like a nightmare. Like if you were trying to like have like a dream about impressing someone you oh, liked, and poor. then like yeah, the, the night- yeah exactly. really embarrassing. <laughs> so they pick up Willie and like they walk him off, and the clean sweep only has five players. So then Ref, who's like, he's doing his job. I can't, I can't fault him. I know that. he goes up to Barry. He's like, look, Barry, I can't let that man play the second half. You find another player, you forfeit. Yeah. At which point, Ernest. <laughs> 
shows up in the locker room. He shows up and he's like, hey, you guys are winning. And they're like, why are you here? Yeah. Are we all fired? Like, yes. <laughs> and he says, no, I finished. Because we actually see, like, we get a shot of the mall, like, glistening. It's, it's like spotless. sparkling star filter. sparkling. Yeah. The Nazi is super impressed. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe how clean this mall is. But the guys all think that he's basically just, like, walked away yeah, and, yeah. like, let them down because no one believes that Ernest could do this thing. Which, at which point Tommy T says, hey, what? play Ernest so we can keep playing. Right. TJ's the one that's like, no way, no way, no way, no I'd way, rather no way. forfeit. I'd rather forfeit. <laughs> well, doesn't he also say, how are we going to win with, with an, an Ernest? Ernest? Yeah. Which, yeah, is, yeah. which is pretty great. <laughs> and Ernest. This is, this is a scene, you know... I know Barry's caught in between, like, Ernest and, like, opposing forces. Yeah, yeah. But there's also, like, a weird thing where, like, Barry never takes the time to just be like, okay, Ernest, like, I know you're excited and you want to be included. Like, if you want to do this thing, like, here's what you could do. It's always just more sort of like, it, it felt a lot like the watch me advice, where it's like, it's advice, but it's not really advice. But I think Barry's doing the best that he can. Sure. With the energy sure. that he can allot to dealing with Ernest. It's because, like, it literally, like backfires because they put Ernest in the game and Barry's like, okay, Ernest, I want you to stand right here. I don't want you to touch the ball. I don't want you to do anything. Okay. Explain o comprendo, el capitano. The game starts oh, this is- <laughs> and then the ball comes to Ernest. They start the game. They slap the ball over. It bounces over to Ernest and it like hilariously bounces like straight over his head yep. as he watch. He just like watches it go over his head. He finally listened. He yeah. listened. This time. Yeah. And then Barry, they run over and they're like, they're like, Ernest, get the ball. And he doesn't. And they're like, what's well, wrong? Why didn't you get the ball? You told me not to touch it. Boom. I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I have done the exact same well, thing. He doesn't even do it in like a spiteful way. It's not no. like, no, he's well, genuinely you told me confused. not to touch it. It's like, that, well, that's what made me think of like the watch me thing. It's like, well, your advice to me was watch me. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And incidentally, speaking of the height of Ernest, we learn from Dr. Love in this movie that Ernest's vital statistics, his height and weight are 5'9 and 143 pounds. Yeah. So for those of you keeping uh, tabs on the, the Ernest He looks about 5'9. At 5'9 and 143 pounds, he's averaged no points, no rebounds, and no steals. And one technical foul. So after Ernest lets the ball go, Barry amends it. He's like, okay, if the ball comes to you, catch it and throw it back to me. Right. He's pretty patient. He is. He's not he mad. Is. He's just like, oh, okay, no, got it. Barry, Barry's doing fine. So Ernest is watching them play basketball. Then the basketball sails in his direction. They say, Ernest, get the ball. Ernest, with the power of the shoes, the, the shoes magically light up. They're kind of like the stompers from the Super Mario Brothers movie. They just, they, they launch. <laughs> They, they launch there's, like there's like a smoke trail. Yeah. <laughs> they shoot Ernest into the air because the ball's going really high. He catches it up like 30 feet in the air, right? Yep. The whole game stops. Like every single player stares up at him, kind of like he's a godlike figure mm. as he fl- he's, he's up in the air with the basketball. Yeah. They all look up in awe at the, the angelic pose of Ernest with the ball. He even kind of floats down like an angel. And he, he does. Puts- yeah, yeah. Well, no one in the movie is ever really like... What's going on? Guys, did you see that? Yeah, like, I, they just sort of accept it. They, yeah, they accept it very quickly. Which I wonder if that's part of the power of the shoes also. I wonder, yeah. Especially with that hang time, you would think, how is he? They don't question it. So life, this has happened Life now. goes on. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not going to stop my life because that happened. Or stop the game at this point. Sure. No, no, no. So, like, Ernest, as he's floating there, he throws it back to Barry. Barry catches it. And it's still, like, fr- everyone's frozen in shock. 
Yeah. The other team is actually really distracted by the fact that Ernest just flew. Finally, his distraction <laughs> did the correct thing that right. it should do. Exactly. And so then Barry takes the shot. Barry um, gets some really good dunks in. They seems like they're all actual basketball players, too. Speaking of uh, actors with hidden basketball talents, apparently we find out that Jim Varney can spin a basketball on his finger. Oh, because yeah. of course, of course Jim he Varney can. can. That was, yeah. <laughs> of course he can. The, so now it becomes like every time the ball goes this way, they're like, Ernest, go get it. And he zips over and throws it back to them. Yeah. And it's always a very like, okay, like a he's, little well, kid. He's delighted to be involved yeah. <laughs> and helping. And he runs over, like he picks up the basket, like spins it on his finger and then just like casually hands it off to Barry. And he's like, no problem. And just kind of stands there with his arms. Yeah. He's kind of like, adding a little style to it. Too, oh, no, he's sure. getting a little, he's getting, he's letting a little cocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's getting cocky. <laughs> he's feeling it. Yeah. No one gets cockier. No one goes from zero to cocky faster than Ernest. <laughs> Yeah. They trust Ernest more and more with the ball because then at some point, sure. Ernest, at some point, TJ has the ball and he's just like, hey, Ernest, go. And TJ just like throws the ball towards the basket, right. towards their basket so that Ernest can have like a running start. Like, so that Ernest runs over, gets the ball and dunks it, which is like, at that point, Quincy has a new hero. Oh, yeah. Quincy is in the audience. We should talk about the audience members at this particular game because Quincy's oh, yeah. there. Yes. He's looking up to Ernest and who else is there? Um, Zamiel Moloch is there. Mollick, he's yep. a scouting. He's also a scout, a oh, talent and he, scout. And he's just basically. sort of sitting in the audience with like tented fingers and like Plotting. watching. Yeah, watching everything unfold. Well, Ernest is a new development. He's like, who... Is mm-hmm. that like yeah. like wait what? Who's that with those familiar looking <laughs> like, shoes? Mm-hmm. And Irma is in the audience. Miss Tara well. Diddle's there, yeah. And Ernest is like, she's here. She, she came. came. I feel like this is where the crossroads happen because now we're seeing Quincy's story. Mm -hmm. We have Mr. Moloch plotting and then you see Ernest and then Irma. I feel like this is the scene where all of them are together and now we're going to see how everything connects after Mm, this. Interesting. Yeah. Everything kind of comes together at this basketball game. Right. And now they're going to start making choices and everybody's going to offshoot from this scene. Yes. They've all been touched by the power of the shoes. Yeah. And how that affects each of them. Zamiel now taking an interest in Ernest. Ernest kind of like snowballs everything. Well, so the team, the clean sweep has won the game. They're walking off into the locker rooms. Yep. And Zamiel creeps up behind Quincy again, and he's As like, usual. he's like, oh yeah, well, that, that Ernest guy is pretty, is pretty talented. Who's like that, yeah. yeah. How do you, how do you, how do you think he did that? And then mm. he just, he just walks he away. He says, like, mm-hmm. I, he must have some secret. I wonder what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the seed of doubt. Yeah, there's always an element of like, I'm not gonna tell you that it's the shoes. No, no, or no, whatever. no. It's like I'm just gonna say a thing and let you believe that you've you, come to this idea by yourself. How, that's exactly. how the method. You have to yeah. accept them. You, they yeah, cannot, it's exactly inception. They cannot mm-hmm. know yeah. that it's you manipulating them right he also always in every scene with quincy he's always whispering in his ear he could have just talked to him but no he decides to go very close it's almost like wanting quincy to feel this is his conscious talking to him going back on that it's not him it's coming from yeah like it's you so the whispering has the it's very important here this is this isn't zamiel's first rodeo guys no 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 no, no. zamiel knows exactly what he's doing so um quincy's like oh the shoes. It's like, the shoes. Yeah. So we're in the locker room. The team is celebrating Ernest's incredible basketball <laughs> prowess He's that he apparently around. has now. Ernest, I've always thought you were a dumb redneck. Always. But let me tell you something. You one dumb redneck who can play some ball, baby. Good game, Ernest! <laughs> Thanks, DJ. 
getting the respect of TJ is like the big turning point because he yeah. is the toughest. He's now he's team earnest. He has defected. He has team earnest. Basically, everyone is team earnest at this point because like Quincy comes sure. into the locker room too and is like, "Wow, Ernest, you're the greatest." Yeah, and Ernest very correctly mm-hmm. is like, "Thanks, Quincy, but I learned that by watching your dad." I think Barry is actually the only one that's not like cheering here. I think what really like annoys Barry is that Zamiel comes into the locker room. Yeah, Zamiel Malik, sports agent comes into the locker room and is like, hey guys, I just want to talk to Ernest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zamiel comes in and is just like, butters Ernest up and is like, I'm looking forward to watching you play more. You are going to do great things. And like, Barry, he has every right to be jealous at this oh, point. Oh, sure. Like, he's taking the long way around and he's put the years in and yeah. Ernest shows up for one game and has and, a talent scout Zamiel, interested. he's not stupid either. He knows. Again, his focus is the boy. It's Quincy. He's there in the locker room. He knows that really by praising Ernest, and he knows why, it's really not the correct way of winning. But he knows that Quincy is listening to all this, and he's taking all this in. And he right. wants he wants Ernest to be that false idol. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And, and with this, this is a perfect moment for him to prove that and show Quincy, well, you got to look at him now. It's the shoes. And it's pretty much, this is like that moment. He's not stupid. It's really to show Quincy. I think you're right. And there's also an interesting, like, through line in this movie of like sports stars as false idols mm-hmm. it felt like commenting on like 1990s like sort of popular culture and like yeah what people I remember it what people look up to then. and why they look up to those For things sure. i feel like yeah. all of that is being discussed in a really interesting way this movie puts Ernest in the position of being a bad role model yeah mm-hmm. which is really interesting because Ernest did become a role model especially for little ones like for you. For a lot of, yeah. For yeah. a lot of the 90s kids. It is interesting that it's like a sports figure versus a parent. Yeah. And like, who do you listen to? And mm. who, who is the person that you sort of follow? And like mm-hmm. those two yeah. as opposing forces, even though like Barry is like a great basketball player. Dad's always telling me to work hard. Exactly. Like, this yeah. guy just put on the shoes that I want and is instantly great. Absolutely. And basically the whole point of the movie is like, no, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. And Barry's the one sitting there like, well, you guys are just getting ahead of yourselves. We still have to win the tournament. And TJ says like, Ain't no stopping the clean sweep, Barry. Now that we got the redneck. <laughs> oh, now that we got Ernest. Yeah. Like now yeah, they won't important. even call him a red. Like they won't even like tease him anymore. They mm-hmm. won't use their names for him. Right. He's one of them, I think, officially. Or he's on their he's, level. Yeah. And that was solidified when they poured the the lemonade. The lemonade. Yeah. That was yeah. it. That was <laughs> initiation right That's there. The team right. initiation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then we see Quincy actually playing basketball with some other kids. <laughs> just like out, it's like the next day and they're, they're like the playground. they're out in the playground and yeah and Quincy's pretty good he is pretty good but yeah. like he immediately gets sort of like crapped on by like some bigger kids yeah and like he tries to do some big move yeah. and the kid knocks him down it, and I kind of laughed because the kid goes eh! like the way he fell his, down his I laughed at, was, I laughed at the kid yeah, I'm so Quin- sorry Quincy's I laughed at the kid falling very, down the sound effect is very humorous yeah. kids so, getting hurt is not funny so the right. kid so Quincy goes down and this kid gets over and he goes I told you don't mess with the big at which point an ice cream truck shows up and the kid runs over it's hilarious it's like yeah bully 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 oh yeah ice cream ice cream it's great and then the ice cream man is kareem abdul jabbar yes and we should say at no point do we ever see giant human being kareem abdul jabbar inside (laughs) this tiny tiny ice cream truck they show the truck 
they cut away, and then they cut back, and Cream's just standing outside. <laughs> yeah, he was in the yeah, truck, you know, sure. <laughs> you bet. And then Quincy comes up, and Cream and Jabbar's like, what do you want, little brother? And he says, I want $250. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, let me rephrase that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, let me rephrase that. What do you need? Yeah. And he's like, I need these fancy shoes so I can have the, the edge. edge. From you too. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says, maybe you have to look for it in the right place or something like something, that. Something, yeah, vague and like suggestive. And Quincy goes, huh? And the scene <laughs> just ends. <laughs> well, you know, it is without spoiling everything. Later on, we find that uh, the Archangel of Basketball mm-hmm. and Moloch are playing this sort of like Jacob Man in Black oh, sort of like long oh, boy. universal chess game kind of thing. So it's interesting that at this point, the Archangel of Basketball, Kareem, is not telling Quincy no, anything. He's also letting him figure it out. But not in a way that's like putting like bad thoughts in his head. He's just like, no, no, no. Like you need to be the one to come to this conclusion well, again, yourself. Yeah, but this is the, like the most Christian movie of like all the earnest movies. It's like over Christian themes. It's about choice. I mean, apart from the God thing, yeah. But yeah, God's in it. Yeah. And it's definitely a more of a Christian view of God. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because the bad guy can't see the future and God can. Like that's the Christian. Like, oh, interesting. It's the Christian vision of, well, because in Christian doctrine, the devil is just a fallen angel. So he mm-hmm. doesn't have all of the same. Like, He's not. Like yeah. omnipotent. No. And and if you realize also in the Bible, as well as this movie, it can be an angel from God or God himself when he speaks. He doesn't say much and he doesn't have to. Right. But you you get it. And then you you can make that choice, whether it be the positive or the negative. But when it comes to the dark side, when it comes to the evil, they work too hard. It's it seductive. works too. Mm-hmm. It's very seductive. And it's more... They try a very hard and they will do anything to just reel you in. And it can be putting something in your face all the time, almost like brainwashing you to hear something all the time. Whereas when God does his thing, and in this case, it was, you know, the archangel. Oh, yeah. In this case, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It was Kareem And he just said one thing and that was it. And yet it was confusing. It's up to you. Right. Like for it to be meaningful at all, Quincy has to make a choice on his own. Yeah. Which is like this movie is all about temptation and choice. Yes. And the good, they don't force themselves. But when you see the other side, oh yeah, and that's when you can see that effort. It does force itself. So you can definitely see the dichotomy. shows up a lot more than the angel does. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's odd that the front cover of this movie says (laughs) Jim Varney teams up with Kareem (laughs) Abdul-Jabbar. Well, sort of. Technically true. (laughs) (laughs) They're both team earnest. Yes. Now we get... Ernest's highest point. This is a winning streak montage. It's just Ernest winning and winning and winning and raising his arms and his triceps flexing. Sure. And it's just it's just an arm candy. It's a jack dude, man. Doesn't he look more ripped than the others? He, he does. Or they show it. It's Part a good of it's because he's so lean. I was gonna say so yeah, he has, really he has show- low body fat. Yeah, I would say like some of the other guys are like bigger than him, but they're not yeah. as cut. All right, so um so um they are mowing down other teams. Ernest's basketball skills are so powerful now. Quote just, unquote skills. True. Right. They just steamroll all these other teams, so they beat the Kikaki. The living smoke creatures fish. tied to his feet. Yes. Yep. Sorry. The Kikaki Smokefish. Kikaki Smokefish. Yep. The Tulip Brothers. Trantor yep. Dairy slaughtered. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. and my favorite part of this montage of the of the clean sweeps 
doing a clean sweep. Oh, I see what happened. Uh-huh. Ah, mm-hmm. What a telling name. There's a cameo from John Cherry and Daniel Butler. Is that them? I yeah, wasn't it's sure. them. It's them. They're sitting it in is. the stands, and Zayn Malik is in the stands with them, and just like messing with them in the most petty ways. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing he does is John Cherry asks Samuel to like get a soda yeah. from like the concessions guy, and Zayn just he takes the soda, he just pokes a hole in the bottom, and then gives it to John Cherry. It just spills all over him. Very yeah. impish. He's just like, <laughs> like it's just <laughs> hilarious to see him evilly messing with people and That's like true. mildly inconveniencing them. <laughs> And then the other one is like John Cherry's like, can you get me a hot dog? And like Zayn <laughs> takes the good. hot dog, and all good. he does is like he just subtly just slips out the actual wiener and just gives him the bun for he's no like, reason. He's like, just like poking, he's just he's having like fun, yeah. just having a great time. Quincy is also in the audience. Oh, and Irma, Irma's now she's making like billboards. Oh, now yeah. she's got signs yeah. that just say "Go, go Ernest, Ernest go. go." Yeah, like there's a great moment where like she's like waving her billboard and and like waving at him, and he sees her and he just smiles like the purest like appreciative smile it was a genuine smile he he was genuinely like happy she was there oh sure and i was like oh look at that but it doesn't end well no it's actually a little bit heartbreaking well because this is where Ernest goes home and is once again dancing right they win the tournament like yes the team like lifts Ernest up onto their shoulders mm-hmm. his arms look great and then come back to Ernest's house and now he's like a, on a love high like he's in love he's getting everything he wants he, like the, his girl was at the game watching him like with a sign like he's he's riding he's high yeah. yeah he's dancing around his his home singing singing, singing a song I wrote down part of the lyrics. Our love festers like an open wound. Don't call the doctor. Don't call the doctor. We'll be better soon. We'll be better soon. All right. Oh, jeez. I didn't realize. When you infect me, knowing I'll infect you, knowing nothing can make us immune. That's a Dr. Otto song. It is. Is that true? Yeah. It is. What? Yes. <laughs> it is. Oh, I thought you knew. <laughs> I've never seen Dr. Otto. Oh, yes. It I see. A, I didn't realize until we saw Dr. A Otto. direct that reference. Direct, yes. All right. Well, that's it's another callback to the, the, the canon of Ernest Lore. It's an Ernest <laughs> canon song. Wow. It's definitely written by Bruce Artson. So, like, we got a oh, little we, bit of a Bruce Artson right. song you know, in now, this movie. Now that I think about the lyrics, I'm like, oh, of course it's, it's Bruce Artson. Of course it is. Yeah. I love that song. And so, Ernest... Ernest's in love, man. He's in love, and he's dancing, like, with an imaginary woman. He's just like... It's like he's in a Gene Kelly movie. Yeah, he's just <laughs> dancing. And then the shoes, like, again, they start interfering, like, stop dancing! We should be playing basketball! Yeah. <laughs> Ernest is, like, genuinely confused as to why they're messing. He's like, what... Why do you not want me to enjoy being in love? Like, are you jealous? Like, why would you be jealous if your shoes... Like, he was... He's genuinely He's confused. trying to, like, think his way through it. Yeah, very reasonably. <laughs> Poor Ernest. So he's like, well, I'm going to call her. Yes, we get a scene of Ernest attempting to call Miss Teradiddle on the phone. I was really proud of him. He's like, he'll call that's, her. That's Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So so they won't let him like get to the phone book. So like, what he does is like he puts the phone book on the ground and then he just like falls forward so that his face is on the phone book. He's, like, he's trying to outsmart the shoes. And he's doing a great job. He's doing a good job. Oh, he's fantastic. sacrificing his body to do so, <laughs> yeah. but it's working. And my note on this scene is... <laughs> I know I said Jim Varney didn't eat steel wool, but I'm pretty sure Jim Varney legit just took a phone to the face. Yeah. He's trying to get the phone off the top of like a table and he pulls it onto his his feet so the shoes are kind of holding the phone away. Yes. And then they just, they They, they, separate. They separate and the the phone just 
right in the face. Right in I'm face. sure it must have been padded, fate, but that is a phone. That was one of the funniest Ernest going unconscious faces. Because <laughs> yes. it's it like his tongue face. sticks out and he goes, blah. And like yeah. his tongue falls out. It's hilarious. Also, when he opens the phone book to find Irma's number, he's like paging through and he's like, three pages of pterodiddles. They must have settled the area. That's a great joke. It's just such a throwaway great joke. And then he calls her. I would say, yeah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. He does call her. Yes. Actually, he calls her like the worst time possible because like she's like waiting for the lotto numbers to be announced. Which is like her thing. Yeah, she's all about, she's obsessed with the lottery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They announce the numbers. She's lost because obviously she's lost the lottery. And as soon as she realizes she's lost, the phone rings and she picks it up. She's like, hello. Well, this was (laughs) the confusing part too. Right. Where where does the devil come in in this? Yeah. Yeah, Pretty much like where does he? Yeah, because it's revealed that Zamiel's in the room. But at first she acts like he's excited. She's excited to hear Ernest. What I kind of assumed was happening while Ernest was fighting the unstoppable force that is these magic sneakers Mm -hmm. uh, is that Zamiel. Emil came to Miss Teradol's house, was like, listen, I will give you the winning lottery ticket if you just do exactly what I say. And when he calls you, just tell him this, this, and this. Like, we don't see him at first in the scene. And I feel like he is, like, coaching her kind of, like, off screen, off screen yeah, to kind her. of be like, either he has, like, supernatural powers or he might just be, like, listening on a cordless. Trying He's to, on the other to, line. To, yeah. <laughs> Mom, like, get off the phone. I'm on the phone with Ernest. So, like, uh, yeah, Ernest. So she picks up the phone, yeah. and Ernest is calling her, and he says, Hello, Irma. This is your b-ball star, Ernest. He's adorable. Oh, Ernest. <laughs> He says, and he does, again, he's not saying it in like a crowing sort no, of way. He's, he's really just like, tentative. Hey, Irma, it's he's your b-ball star, Ernest. Yeah. He's so scared that she will reject him. Oh, yeah. Even though she's gone out of her way to make herself available to him. Yes. And even at that moment, it was, again, that choice for her, the money, which that's the 90% of her desire. Yeah. And then. Ernest on the other line. That's oh, that she's that holding the it. ticket in her one hand yeah. and the, the phone, phone in the, the other. other. Oh, fascinating! Two choices. The ultimate yeah. moment for her. That's deep. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's when she says, "Like, oh, Ernest, you were so good last night," or something like that. Which, by the way, this relationship gets weird. Like, not the relationship, but the way Irma interacts with Ernest gets like hypersexual. Well, yeah. Of the female characters we've had, she's the most overtly, overtly sexual. Yes. yes. Like we've had not really yet, least- but. Something happens. Well, Moloch happens. Yeah, no, Moloch happens. Yeah. He basically invites her to this victory dinner. The, the team is going to have a yes. victory dinner to celebrate the fact that they won the, the city league play tournament. The, the way he chokes it out is like, it's such an effort for it's him like to choke it out. like asking her to the out. prom or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if... Maybe you'd be interested in... Going to the uh, victory... Uh, celebration dinner with me <laughs> and she says oh Ernest that's so nice that you would think to invite me and then she says I'm so flattered and I was like oh no here it comes <laughs> no here it comes she says she can't because her grandmother has the chicken pox the worst excuse ever yeah and then they start talking about scabs and boils and like it's really it's like a little bit of, it's like that weird like Ernest gross out they're humor both a gross bit. <laughs> yeah so she's like, well, maybe next time, right? She hangs up, and then it turns out that Samuel's in the room with her. And, and she's just like, did, did I do, do everything right? you asked? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And he's like, you did great. Like, And then <laughs> she's like, do you really have the winning lottery ticket? So he's like, yeah, I've got it. But first, a little lesson in temptation. He actually says temptation. Yes, he, he gives her like this fur it's like a mink. shawl. Yeah. Mink. And she's like, oh, Which doesn't thanks. look expensive, by the way. That was like a No, it really looks totally cheap. But like, prop. you know, but what <laughs> but do you the idea. Zamiel is, is evil and nefarious, but he's also thrifty. 
safety. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to tempt you. You don't need to know this. And she's real. like, oh, luxury. And this is Irma's like turning. She goes full dark. Oh, yeah. yeah dark yeah. side. She kills She's kind of sad to see. Yeah. She kills the younglings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, because then we go to the victory dinner. There's a weird couple that has like an, an ADR line as it's they like come the out. The salmon yes. is so good. Oh, wasn't the salmon wonderful? Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> oh, I sure. love the salmon. It's yeah. delicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, can we talk about how the way Ernest is dressed? Oh, so he's like halfway between like normal Ernest and mm-hmm. like Ernest goes to school Ernest, where he's got a tie and the vest is like buttoned, but he's just wearing like a normal T-shirt and there's no collar or anything like that. Still with his hat. Yes. Yeah, he has a basketball tie Bolt- too. Bolted to his head. Oh, is that true? <laughs> it's a basketball I didn't tie. It's that. basketball players. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. It's really sweet. So he goes in the restaurant and he's like oh my god i've never been to a real restaurant with cloth napkins look real cloth napkins whoa never been in a restaurant without a drive-through window before yeah this poor guy and this is definitely a different Ernest than Ernest goes to jail Ernest. clearly oh yeah i did think like didn't you go to that Linus Nash Different Nash? Ernest. Yeah, yeah. All right. You say which I'm telling funny, you, man. Which is why I asked. I would love to see Nash in this movie somehow. <laughs> oh, wait. What? Which I know is probably another conversation, so I don't yeah. want to divert it. Nash but... in this movie? Yeah. Reacting to the basketball? <laughs> That's amazing. And so Ernest is really impressed. and They're like treating him so well. Like the team is so team Ernest. Yep. To the point where Quincy is there, asks for Ernest's autograph. He says like, Ernest, can you give me an autograph? And Ernest is like, Sure. Do you want mine, mine or someone or else's? else's? <laughs> and also TJ is again like, we're here to celebrate you, Ernest. Like, to the victors go the spoils. We don't want the spoil stuff. Shouldn't the victors get the fresh stuff? Mm. Now they find that endearing. They're just sure. like, oh, Ernest. They just clap him on the back like, Now that you're, you're adorable. amazing, we don't find your faults as <laughs> yeah. annoying. Yeah. And sadly, when they made the toast, we're thinking, well, Barry was thinking it was for him and his wife. Yeah. And yeah. that was the moment. It was to Ernest, and we just see a huge disappointment in his face. And his wife. I felt bad for his wife at that Me point. Me too. Well, very the, much. The first time we see her is at this dinner. Exactly. Yeah, Barry's Because yeah. when TJ names Ernest as MVP as a toast to him, <gasps> Yeah. Well, there's been one man. One man. Let's saw us through. <laughs> I like to propose a toast to the most valuable player of the clean sweep. And you're like, come on, it's Barry. And then Barry is so disappointed when it's named Ernest, and his wife just looks at him like, oh no. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit heartbreaking. It's so sad. And then, like, to make matters much, much worse, who shows up again but Zamia Malik? Guy's everywhere. This time, <laughs> holy crap, this time he brings with him a crazy transformed version of Ernest. She used to have this like really short bob. Now she's got like these huge extensions in her hair. She's got the most cleavage heavy dress on and like red dress. Right? She walks past all the shocked teammates who all have their girlfriends there and they're all like leering at Irma. She sits on Ernest's lap and like strokes his chest. I feel like this is the closest a woman has ever been to Ernest. Mind you, her chest is right Uh, next to his face. face. Well, and then she pulls his head close to her chest and is like, Can you hear my heartbeat? Yeah. (laughs) And her heartbeat is the sound of a cash register yeah. noise. Yes. Cha-ching. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. And she's, up to this point, she has talked like a normal person for the most part, a little timid. Like a, a little like nebbishy kind of, yeah. Mousy is a good word. Yeah. She's been mousy. And now she is like, oh, Ernest. Like she just moans all her lines now. And it's yeah. like, oh, sensual it's way. really sexual. Yep. Oh, Ernest, you're the greatest. Oh, you are so exciting. <laughs> And he's just like, uh, like <laughs> correctly. 
<laughs> She's a gorgeous woman. <laughs> and then Zamiel comes behind him and is like, hey, like, let's go take a short limo ride. There's some really important people I want you to talk to. And you don't even really need Irma at this point because as soon as Zamiel says limo, like Ernest sits up and she falls off. Which is funny. Yeah. And that's it's, like, oh. it's a really good take too. Like she, she goes falls down. Well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, he's like, does the limo have a TV? And she's like, it has a widescreen TV. TV. Yeah. That's the height of classiness, yeah. 1995. And Barry is just like squ- sort of squirming in his seat like, I can't believe this. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, he looks so upset and his poor wife is just like looking on helplessly like, I cannot help my husband. It's like, it's, yeah. it's like an in your face type of thing for him. Yeah, It's it incredibly is. insulting because it's like, excuse sure. me, guys, I'm just going to take Ernest away because yep. he's important and you're not. Excuse yep. us. They're like, we'll be right back. They don't ever come back, by the way. They do not. No. <laughs> they leave. The shoes actually don't want Ernest to go. And now it seems like they just don't like Irma. Or maybe they don't want him I to think, go to the dark side. I think they sense that there's like some sort of darkness happening. Yeah. And two, it's like, hanging out with this beautiful woman is not basketball. Let's go play basketball. <laughs> right. Because we're basketball this is shoes. Not basketball That's what related. we do. Yeah. Or hanging out with anyone because the shoes did hit the um The ballet. The ballet. ballet. Yeah. yeah. So really, they I don't think it, they, they can distinguish people they just know they just don't want anyone to be around or in the way you're not a basketball and once they're outside the restaurant like zamiel and irma both have to watch Ernest talk to his shoes yep. without mm-hmm. even pretending he's not talking to them you get a sense of like how Ernest has sort of been come, come to live his life as <laughs> dealing with these shoes because yes. he threatens like do what i tell you to or we're gonna walk through the dog poop again, again. Yeah, which yeah. is great <laughs> Sorry, Miss Daredevil. I really, I didn't mean that. They kick Irma in the butt. Like Irma yeah. and Irma and Ernest almost kiss, and I was like, "Yeah, do it." And, like, and, and then, <laughs> well, Ernest tries to open the limo door, and yeah. the foot comes right up into it, and is like stopping him. That was yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Like Giovanni's foot just going up, like, "Nope." Yeah. It's hilarious. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So then they get in the limo. Oh boy. <laughs> oh my God. This whole this whole scene is crazy. Yeah. It's all crazy. Golly, Bob, howdy! This is bigger than Waylon's limo. Nothing is bigger than Waylon's limo. Hat tip to Waylon Jennings. Okay, Irma is coming on super strong. Yeah. It seems to be that Zamiel has recruited Irma specifically to target to, Ernest. To tempt Ernest, yep. To tempt him with the basics, sex and money. He's just Because sure. he doesn't actually know Ernest. Right. So he's just going to the good old-fashioned standards. You're a human male. You're a human male. Yeah, yeah. Sex and money ought to do it. The weak spots. Mm-hmm. It works. Mm-hmm. They always work. Worked for me. Pretty reliable. Yep. So Zamiel's talking about how Ernest is going to be an NBA star and everyone will want to be you. Everyone will want to eat what you eat, wherever you wear like you see like the fantasy images of like Ernest on magazine covers oh it goes into a full on I wrote Earnest fantasy slash temptation sequence, and then it becomes a fashion show for some reason. Right. Yeah. He he imagines himself coming out of a limo and Willie opening the door for him. And I was like, all right, Ernest, calm down. Like, now you're yeah, putting your teammates in some Soviet roles. That's just wrong. Yeah. Then he imagines that he's a supermodel in a fashion show where Irma is announcing him as, like, the look of Ernest. Fashion bubbles. Right. The, there's fashion bubbles. bubbles. You know yes, how there's there bubbles are. in his fantasy sequence? Oh, yeah. That's in, how they Ernest goes to him. school. There's yes. bubbles in this fantasy sequence, too, mm-hmm. that just floating around because yeah. Ernest and bubbles equals fantasy and Irma when he she was introducing him she mentions that he's part of the Ottoman Empire yes. okay yeah which was fantastic <laughs> here comes Ernest now in a flash scare ensemble that hails to the grandeur of the Ottoman Empire no, yes. it doesn't. It's leather studded. How is it the Ottoman Empire? Boy, what is it with the Ottoman Empire? Aaron, haven't you learned anything? We're the Ottomans and you're not. <laughs> the Ottomans are the elitists? I don't know, but this is the most 1990s fashion show sequence possible. Oh my God, possible. it's it just Jim Barney's strutting around. Now, he's still got a cap, but it's leather and it's got studs in it. He's wearing a leather studded jacket. 
Yeah. Like the song is just like, what a piece of work you are. It's a little Pretty bit much. like insulting, which is hilarious. Yeah. But then someone curious is in the audience at this fashion show in Ernest's mm-hmm. fantasy Archangel sequence. Archangel of basketball. None other. Uh, Kareem is like, hey, Ernest, I don't know that that outfit really goes with your shoes. It's like Ernest got caught red-handed. Like he's like, he's yeah. like, oh, like he looks like he got caught. Well, it's almost like the bubble bursts. <laughs> the yes, bubble bursts. Exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the models like slaps him over the head, which ends yeah. the fantasy. And then he's back in the limo. Let's not even go too far into the fact that they basically drive into a smoky red hell space. Correct. Yes. <laughs> as yeah. they're talking about this. Correct. This can be, this is And they're lighted and they're lit red. Super dark red, yep. As yeah. if it's evil. There's Pure evil, yeah. The, there is nothing subtle <laughs> no, about no, the imagery nothing. in this scene. So Irma is just saying, you can have me and money and, and me, me and, and more, more money. money. She's moaning. This is where She's I wrote like, down. Oh. My note on this is, and then they have what I'm going to call, quote, money face sex. I wrote face sex in yeah, my notes. Because okay. they're basically like... <laughs> Grinding their faces when they start grinding their faces together, I said, I feel like I should not be watching this. Like I felt (laughs) it goes on for an uncomfortably long time. Like like she's saying, and me and money, and then Zaymo's like, you can have anything you want, and then Ernest is just like, stay out of this, stay out of this. Yeah, all right, excuse me now. And then he goes back to Irma. (laughs) He smushes his face against hers, and they just they smush faces. For such a long time. He repeated that about eight times. Like, yeah. It was a lot. I was going to say this is the closest Ernest has ever come to having sex. This is like the, but yeah. Ernest goes to jail. Never mind. Well, Let's move on. Not counting the deleted scene in Ernest right. goes Correct. to jail. This is the most explicit it can get with Ernest. So then fade tastefully. He tastefully fades. Yes. When we come back, they've arrived back at the mall because they still got to work that night. Right. Ernest and Irma get out of the limo and Zamiel has like one of the best deliveries. And she goes, Ernest. Why don't you tell your friends that you can't work tonight? <laughs> like, exactly. And he's like, oh, but we always work. And then Irma's like, no, you're the most important thing. Well, like, she grabs his face and is like, ooh, I just love those muscles. And I'm like, do you mean his arms or like his like jaw and the way I that you're I was like, just like, me too, girl. I understand. Yeah, no, like, yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. This woman is my hero. And as far as the actress is concerned, this woman is my hero. She oh, she's, ama- she's amazing. She amazing. the entire time. Oh, yeah, that she's too. Great. I'm like, go for it, girl. For all of us. <laughs> For me, do it for me. And then she leads him into the well. She starts like treating a him like a dog. Yeah, it's very yeah, she's weird. She's like, come here. Yeah. yeah, and he follows. Well, along. he's completely subservient oh, yeah. at this point. And so Ernest meets up with the Queen Sweep crew. <laughs> Poor Barry. And he's 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 got <laughs> that, so bad for Barry. He's got that thing again where you know, in Ernest goes to school, his brain gets what is it? The subatomic brain accelerator. Mm-hmm. In this movie, Ernest almost has the subatomic foot accelerator because between the shoes and this weird temptation stuff, he gets that same sort of like jerky bravado. Uh. Where, like, he says to one of the the other players, just like, You see, gentlemen, when you're a star, you not only have to act like a star, you have to be a star. So I'll catch you on the court. Sport. Shut up, Ernest. Yeah, shut up. And the other teammates are eating it up, by the way, I have to say. Like, they're all like, hey, Ernest, you got a woman. They're really encouraging him, yeah. Like, Quincy's there, and Ernest is there being a terrible example. And poor Barry's just like, 
we waited at the restaurant. Yeah. And you never came back. I was actually surprised that the other teammates didn't react the way Barry did. No, no they like, were like, cool. they were very, yeah, they were kind of cheering him on. Yeah. The rest of the team is like, oh, Ernest. Like, mm-hmm. it's so overt because then Barry's like, where were you? We waited. And Irma's like, he had some unfinished business to attend to. And you're like, Gee. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, we have to leave. And yeah. as they're walking away, like the teammates are like, man, oh man, Ernest got it going on. And Quincy hears this and is like, well, I'm still in them shoes. Like, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's the turning it. point. Yep. Like, Ernest has it all. Well, he's this is celebrity status right now. Oh, yeah. He, this is the red oh, it's carpet. His hero. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He takes the key out of his dad's bag. He steals uh, his dad's keys. Bag, yeah. Goes up to the shoe store, opens the gate, steals the shoes, mm-hmm. and then heads home with uh, Barry. Yeah, and then, and then they're at home, and he's like, Quincy, you know, you got to go to bed. And he's like, I bet Ernest doesn't have to go to bed. Shut like, up, Quincy. A, Ernest is an adult, sort what does of. What even mean? B, I'm pretty sure Ernest is in a bed right now. Now, let's just be honest. And poor Barry is like, you know, Ernest worked hard to get the skills that he has. And Quincy's like, ah, I don't think so. Quincy is like, Ernest put on those shoes and blew you and all your hard work right away. Thanks, Ernest. You're a freaking terrible example. Yes. By now, yeah. So Quincy runs off, goes to bed. Has stolen um, shoes. Barry's, He's gone dark side. Barry's wife comes out, looks like she might have some dialogue, but then it just Quincy, cuts, cuts right away to wife. the- uh, Yeah. You know, she does a lot with her face. Like She does. She She's good. Expresses. But then it cuts to the final game. The biggest game of their lives. The big, the big test versus the Charlotte Hornets. And I'm doing air quotes when I say Charlotte Hornets because all of the Hornets players- apparently have similar names to the filmmakers. You mean the Ernest Brain Trust? The Ernest Brain Trust, correct. So there's... Uh, Even the missing members. Yeah, there's a Cherry, there's a Patach, there's a Leisure. Ah? Uh? McGee, mm. Templeton. Oh, Gil Templeton. Yep. So mm. the Charlotte Hornets are the Ernest Brain Trust names, yep. and the audience is a bunch cardboard. of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. It's just cardboard, cardboard people. There's so many blatantly cardboard squares sitting in bright in the, yellow to make so, it more obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or and just then, go Ernest Go signs just oh, on the seats. Like, yeah, There's like, some signs I, just I filling in the seats. I paid for a ticket seats. to put my sign in the seat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But the signs are like, we love you, Ernest. Go, Ernest, go. Yeah. It does mm-hmm. kind of parallel how famous Ernest actually did get. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ernest did become an unlikely role model, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, that's true. Fame fickle thing and then Ernest has the most insane introduction <laughs> of all time this is it. It, they're all like where's Ernest the, the, the room darkens yes and it's like uh, Irma comes and out. oh yeah. my god Erna comes out and she's announcing there's a smoke machine well apart from this being Irma's best arm scene because I just want to say <laughs> oh, yeah. she is in fantastic shape yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my other note on this is I don't know what's going on with her ancient Egyptian fireworks dress. She's got oh yeah, yeah. She's, she's got like something Sparkler. that is shooting. It's sparks like a Roman out. candle on each yeah. thigh. Her, her thighs. Yeah, it's just shooting fire out of her with thighs. the chariot. Yeah, and then a chariot pulled by several people in animal costumes mm-hmm. comes out. It's like a parade. Yeah, it's a yeah. little parade, and they pull Ernest out, who's on a float, which is being piloted by a little person in a judge wig. Yeah, that's weird. For mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah, and Ernest is wearing like. This metallic it's sheen, like silver like, jumpsuit of the future. Yeah, his hat has like a tiara on it, or yep. is that? It's he, it's his normal khaki hat, but it has like a tiara glued to it. Yeah, <laughs> and he's waving. He's doing like this beauty pageant wave. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, oh, as yeah. Emma calls him the hoopster of the hardwood, the the. the, the Like, yes. okay, hang on. And then probably 
the most baffling line in the entire movie is oh, said. Is this yeah. when she dubs him Ernie Ali Al Warrell? No, it's when Willie, taking this all in, says, When did Ernest become a black Muslim? Yeah. When did Ernest become a black Muslim? I rewound it so many times. I bought the DVD so I would have captions because I'm like, that can't be what he said. That's exactly he can't what have he said. said that. Yeah, that was it. It was like, what the heck? <laughs> it baffled me. That line baffled me for so long before I realized, oh, they're probably referring to the fact that he's now called Ernie Ali. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like he's some kind of like Middle Eastern Persian king or something. Maybe or that's what's going like... on, like Ali, Prince Ali. Yeah, but like, how does that relate to <laughs> it, basketball? That's, that's what he's the king. It seems out of context. He's like royalty. Exactly. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. But it's, it's. I mean, it's all about idols. They had idols there. You oh, know? do you think that's what the it is? The pyramids, the idols. He is a false idol. So I. There, I feel like that there's oh, some kind that's of that's possible. Yeah. Well, it's interesting in a movie because I think I think you're correct. Like in a movie where like a very Christian God is kind of there, like to have like, okay, like, what's the opposite of that? What's it's, like a it's more mythological? Pagan. Yeah, it's, it's like pagan, pagan yeah, yeah, yeah. idolatry. Yeah. And then this is like watch me all over again. It, yes, it absolutely is. Because all you have to remember is to throw me the ball. Ernest goes up to his teammates and Barry's trying to talk strategy, and he's like, "Spare us, just throw me the ball, and then I will just take care of it." It's yeah. exactly what. Watch me. It is, yep. Really narcissistic. Like, he was just like, watch me now. Yeah. Very different. Every, it's gone to his head. They unzipped, like, the metallic jumpsuit off of him. He's got the jersey underneath. And now it's, like, an official jersey. It's a legit jersey, jersey yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not chalked on anymore. Like, it's still minus zero, but it's a real jersey. <laughs> still we should note at this point that Quincy is wearing the minus, minus zero That's jersey true. as well. That's true. And stolen shoes. He's yep. full idolizing Ernest. Yep. That's right. Yep. And then this game. So it literally just becomes basketball gag fest. Ernest... Th- the gag is that Ernest is dominating this game. He doesn't let anybody else play. Yep. He's just taking the ball, slam dunking in every crazy way. The, my favorite gag is where Dr. Love is there commentating. Yep. And she's like, And that's the first two points with Ernest dunking the ball with enough hang time to write his name on the backboard. And you think she's just like being colorful. And yep. then it cuts to Ernest literally no. spray yeah. painting his name <laughs> on the backboard. He's like, oh yeah, and he falls out of frame. It's like the best joke in the whole it movie. Really good, yeah. It had shades for me of like the thing in Scared Stupid where it's like, Ernest is fighting a troll who's driving the truck. Yeah. Rimshot? And then it just cuts to Rimshot <laughs> driving the truck. That exact it's like, wait, thing. does he really have time to write his name? Oh, Yo, oh yeah, he, he does. He literally okay. does. He actually does it. Yeah. And to note that by this time, Dr. Love has that big cake around. <laughs> yes. Amongst all the snacks, Her, now she has she's a snack upgrade oh and the espn reporters are there yeah they and they're show like up. by the way like this is crazy there's one guy on the city league team just single-handedly beating a pro nba team they say this earnest character is literally punishing the hornets that's not what literally, he's not literally punishing them. I did like that they called him this earnest character. Yeah, and I'm like, a, a yes, character. You acknowledge he that he is character. not um, something from real life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're just why Quincy's like, yeah, Ernest is the best. I mean, Ernest, oh my God. He becomes a team of one. Yeah, Ernest, I mean, there's some hilarious sets because at this point, the clean sweep are just like, okay, we won't play then. And then there are just shots of them like standing around behind the M- the ESPN anchor who's like, reporting. Like sitting on the floor. Like, like literally the lying phone. down. At one point, Barry's a phone and is just <laughs> talking on the phone on the floor down. while yeah, Ernest funny. runs back and forth with the ball. Well, this is the turning point because it's like everyone yeah. but Barry was super on board for his greatness until. He's gone too far. Yes. He's gone yeah. way too far. And the, the crowd loves it. Oh, yeah. But the team now is just like, all right, this is ridiculous. And you would think he would just pass, but he doesn't 
doesn't even do that. He literally passes to himself. Yeah, he, 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 like, <laughs> which Clark, is Clark hilarious. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He so intercepts cool. a pass yep. from like Barry his, and TJ <laughs> and just takes the ball and dunks it. So those guys just like they take off. And yeah, they're, they're like, like, forget it. Like we go to halftime. Oh yeah. Ernest is surrounded by reporters who are like asked, like, Ernest, you're amazing. One of them says, How did you manage to outscore an entire pro team? And Ernest says, Quite nicely, I thought. That's a great I'm joke. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Like, Ernest, I love you, but you're terrible. Like, that's smart. It's so good. And then he goes into the locker room and is surprised to find that the entire team is pissed at him. Yeah. He's like, we're really dropping him. They're all like, we're just going to watch you play. Yeah. Like, we don't want to make you look bad, Big E. And then they all, like, have a cutting remark for Ernest as they walk out. Past they usually him. do. TJ's is great because it's like, we don't want to make you look bad. Know what I mean? And usually yeah. I don't like when people throw know what I mean in Ernest's face. It's But in this here. case, it yeah. felt deserved. Yes. But the coldest one is, of course, Barry is the last to leave. And he doesn't say anything. He just gives him the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. no words. Mm-hmm. No words. It was cold. It was brutal. It was great. And then Ernest is left by himself until Quincy comes in. To wearing sh- his to jersey. Show up. Wearing the Ernest jersey. jersey. Yeah. Ernest is already low. He's like, oh, everyone's mad at me. Am I doing something wrong? Like, yeah. And then Quincy comes in to seal to seal that. Yes. Comes and he's like, Ernest, you're the best. And he's like, you're the greatest ever. You're the greatest mm-hmm. basketball player ever. And yeah. Ernest is like, what about your dad? And Quincy's line is devastating. Can I say it? Yep. Ernest says, what about your dad? And Quincy says, uh, he's nothing. Pause. And never will be. <laughs> Take it down a notch. <laughs> he's nothing and never will be. Like he says yeah. it so casually, like cold. And then the buzzer sounds. He's like, Oh, it's time for you to play again, Ernest. Come on, man. And he runs out and Ernest is like, Oh my god. Like yeah. that was the worst. Mm-hmm. Now on top of everything else, I've turned this little kid against his dad. Yeah, some star. This is where Ernest is like, I'm a terrible example. Yep. Yeah, I think he fa- he has fallen from his high at this point. Oh, sure. And being with Quincy, he didn't realize it, but it kind of put in that humility again. I don't think he ever realized, he didn't ever occur to him that he might be affecting no. Quincy at all. Sure. Because he was thinking sure. about himself, himself naturally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once he realized that his behavior is affecting the kid, he's like, that was oh, Maybe I shouldn't be a jerk. Like, kids are looking at me. <laughs> yeah. Like, which Good is idea. kind of like an interesting parallel Abs- to reality. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, with Jim Barney becoming a, Exactly. Uh, unintentionally becoming a role model for children. Sure. Yes. In a way that was not expected or planned. But then it happens, and you then you have to step up to that responsibility. Yes. Which he does. And I also thought about Jim. And why him? Yes, there were a lot of comedics. But he was the one that truly cared about what he put out there for the youth. He Mm. didn't have to, but he did. And everything that he made, it had morale. And that's why he was as cherished and he still is till this day. And that's why I really do see that parallel between Ernest in this movie and Jim. The unintentional role model. Sure. Right. We, like, we still... Who steps up. He's actually like a big player in like the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, sure. Like, and like he actually did visit children. He actually did. Well, more... and isn't it even Stevie Valance making that anecdote about that's how right. he like left Like during this movie while they were shooting, go, like he like... went to an orphanage dressed yeah. as Ernest. Yeah. Yes. And in this case, stepping up to the responsibility for Ernest means stepping down giving up that power yep exactly which is kind of great 
I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, I won't use this. Like, like, all right, shoes, you got to go. You know what I love about this is the shot of Ernest, like, now walking back out of the locker room. <laughs> He's looking in the stands. He sees Quincy, and then it kind of pans over, and he sees, like, Zamiel, like, leering at him. And he makes his decision just by looking at Quincy in the stands. And he looks so serious. Like, I love when Ernest's face kind of relaxes into just, like, a normal expression. A, he's very handsome when he does that. Sure. But B, it's just, like, it's poignant. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not cartoony, but it is clear. It's almost exaggerated in how understated it That's is. That's the thing. To get it to read, like, okay, now I know exactly what's well, happening. Well, because he's so exaggerated, it's a high contrast when he doesn't exaggerate his yeah. face and just lets it relax. Yep. You know that Ernest is now being serious and taking something seriously. Yes. Yep. So it really works. And as soon as Ernest gets the ball, like, he's decided, like, he's like okay, I'm going to step, I'm going to let the other guy shine. So he passes the ball to Barry and, like, Barry just passes it back to Ernest. It's really and then great. he passes it back to Barry and then everybody, like, the, I want a gif of them just, like, angrily passing the ball back and forth. Like, it's, I know. It, the tension was definitely Barry's yeah, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Just take it to shoot. It's what you've been doing. And yep. Ernest is trying to be good, but, like, nobody's, they Expect don't catch it on. At this point, yeah. yeah. And it, they're still mad at him, you know? Right. So he basically has to go throw himself in front of another player so that he can get knocked down. Yeah. At which point, I think it knocks him unconscious because Ernest goes unconscious, like, at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Given his history of brain damage, <laughs> yeah, I'm poor not that surprised. That would explain his, his diminished vocabulary as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they carry Ernest away. He looks dead, and they try to wake him up, and he won't wake up. And then my, it's one of my favorite moments is Barry's like, he's not waking up. And then TJ's like, oh, yes, he will. And he just, like, grabs Ernest's face and just, like, stretches it. Like, yeah. That hurts, In a really actually, hilarious just looking way. At it, it I hurts. winced. He's yeah. like, ah! And then he wakes up, and they're like, come on, Ernest. You got to come play this. We can't win without you. That's the thing. Now they feel like since they got there with him that they can't finish it without him. Mm-hmm. This is like the ball in the pocket. This is it. This is it. This is where we sync the, the message. Sure. Okay? Ernest says... You guys can win it. You're a team. You're a basketball machine, remember? You guys can do it. Hard work will do it. And then Ernest very pointedly looks to his right to look at Quincy in the stands. Barry kind of like follows his gaze and is like, oh, right. This is all for my kid. Mm -hmm. Barry and Ernest at this point understand each other on a level the other teammates aren't really, (laughs) they're not really on that wavelength. But Ernest and Barry have the mutual understanding like this is for Quincy. Quincy needs to see this. Sure. So Barry's like, all right, Ernest, hard work. So they leave Ernest on the bench. They go play and Barry kills it. Barry Worth. As Dr. Love says, Barry Worth is definitely an NBA caliber player. Dr. Love, you're looking out for her boys. Like, it's nice. It's nice. She's showing them some love. Oh, yeah. She's giving them some love. And Ernest, meanwhile, throws the shoes away. Just, like, throws them in the garbage. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what you have to do. Well, because Moloch comes over and is, like, trying to, like, goad him back into, like... Yeah, why are you playing? I actually thought of you in this part because Moloch just, like, starts fondling Jim Varney's arms. He does. And I was like... Mm -hmm. I know. Well, that's interesting. Of course you did. Oh, I just wished it was me. That's all. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Like, ah. But then, Ernest and Mm -hmm. just very clearly and bluntly he's just like you're You're not not what what I thought you were you're not what I thought it's true he woke up he He didn't I don't think he did not realize how obsessed with money she was oh sure you know it's kind of really sad because I think she did like him but she looks like money more. That's yeah. It. Well, what I thought was interesting with the shoes is that they were able to come off. Just the fact that in the beginning when you mentioned it was kind of like what they locked into his feet. They couldn't open. It was almost like at this time they knew that he was ready. It was almost like the archangel knew, okay, <laughs> right. now you're ready because he personally had to let that power go. It almost like represented the shoes. It released him from that bondage in a way of power. 
Oh, you're right. He is in bondage of the power that is like sort of controlling him. And then they finally unclasp. Right. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the shoes themselves aren't what's keeping them on his feet. It's like he needs to make that internalization and get to a point where it's like, okay, now. You got it. Which is crazy because it's like he's almost like when he has the shoes on, he's like trapped in them. Like he's in a prison of his own desire. There you go. (laughs) How deep is that? This is slam dunk Ernest. A 1995 <laughs> direct-to-video film. We can learn a thing or two. Definitely. I know. And then Zamiel's like, you're making a big mistake. You're throwing away everything. You're throwing away our whole deal. And Ernst is like, I don't care. I just wanted to be on the team, and now I'm not, and it's my fault. It yep. takes responsibility. Yep. And Zamiel's like, you're making a big mistake. And Ernest looks into the stands at Quincy, and he sees Quincy. He's like, no, I'm not. Like, it's all about Quincy. Like, did it. Doing the right thing for him means I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the guideline. Like, how is it affecting the kid? And so he's like, get away and leave me alone to Zamiel. So Zamiel leaves, and then Irma's, Irma's like, oh, Ernest. And she's like, he's like, you too. Both of them. Get away from me and leave me alone. Yeah. It was kind of heartbreaking. It's like, oh, Ernest's little love interest didn't work out. He sounded cold, but it's like he had to do it because at that point she was cold. She wasn't herself anymore. She totally sure. changed. So how can he see her as anything that she was before? He can't. It's done. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like realizing like, oh, these relationships are toxic. It's not Absolutely. a matter of me being like flip floppy about it. I just need to cut them out of my life. He had to cut out everything because he was like, you need to go away and leave me alone. The shoes need to be in the garbage. Like I can't have this stuff around yep. me period yes and correct even that i need to something. get temptation out of sight yeah absolutely and it doesn't mean you don't care it's just you know what's best for yourself and how it will affect you that's right he's quitting cold turkey quits Irma. Guys, this is a great movie this really is. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> and to kind of bring it back to Scared Stupid again, the way that he succeeds in the end is to just realize that he needs to be himself. And then being himself is what wins the That's day. That's right. Mm-hmm. Being himself. Because what happens is, um, how does, oh, how does TJ get the fouls bo- out. Oh, right. TJ, the hothead, yep. of course, commits a foul and he's out of the game. And so they have to play Ernest. So they're like, oh, Ernest, come on, we got to put you in. And TJ's like, yeah, 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 going in, Ernest. Like, they don't even question it they're like all right yep, Ernest you're on the in. team now. he's on the team it's not a question mm-hmm. he does the thing that where he hasn't done in a while he goes really 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 really, really, real. like, yeah. really, 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 really part of the team and they're like yeah like they have to reassure him like 10 times i'm really 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 part of the team really 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 part of the team I really agree with what you're saying about him being himself and going back to the being the baby and the boy. Uh. Now, let me go back. I will love you mentioned Scared Stupid, which I think is a great transition here. I just wanted to add a quote from old lady Hackmore when she says to Ernest, it is your legacy. There is one who can stop me if he will dare with the heart of a child and a mother's care. He had the heart of a child and the care. And that's why he was the one that was chosen to really care about Quincy Quincy. and to ultimately pass the test that I'm sure a lot of people, like Malik said, a lot of people have fallen for, as he was referring Mm. to, but Ernest didn't fall for that. And because he's so childlike, Quincy can probably relate to him more. Sure. Exactly. It's better for Quincy. And that quote stood out also because when she mentioned, You're the seventh son of the seventh son. You're the baby. You're the boy. Even biblically, 
seven is supposed oh, to be right. it's the number of completion god's number seven that's right days oh, that's of interesting he made the heavens and earth that's in seven like days seven days okay. uh, yeah it's very significant so even huh. that because that number is very essential in the bible and biblically even that quote coming from the lady hackmore it's just it totally goes with this movie i don't know how but well, why do they refer to the baby of the boy so much? That's true. Yeah. Like, why do they say it repeatedly? Why do they say it in the song? Then why does Ernest say it? Yeah. It's a reference to that. It has to be. How yeah. thought out is this? The legacy, seventh like, of a I'm seven. Like, That's why I wonder. Why, you know? refer to, why refer to that line specifically? It is mm-hmm. curious because my instinct is always just like, at this point in Ernest films, it's like, nobody's oh, trying. Let's just refer back to other things. That'll make yeah. it feel like an Ernest film. That's what was surprising. You think yeah. they would just throw in little Easter eggs For or throwing whatever. it in sake. Yeah. Exactly, but they picked but such a th- this yeah, was too intentional. Wow. This and that's why this totally it blew my mind. Yeah, it really it is did. a reference to only Hackmore saying that speech. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> this is slam dunk earnest. So what I was getting at in terms of the scared stupid parallel is that basically what happens is the thing that's always held Ernest back, in this movie anyway, his physical limitations in terms of when he plays basketball. Things go wrong. Yeah, it throws a thing and it's yeah. a domino effect of yeah. madcap yeah. zaniness. This uh, time the domino thing works out. <laughs> it, <Yeah>. does. <laughs> it does. It's like Ernest gets the ball. It's gonna be it's of course it's the final point. Sure. The ball ends up in Ernest's hands. All these teammates are yelling, shoot it, Ernest. And then of course Ernest gets a little flashback to all those kids mm-hmm. when Stupid he was a kid from the saying, 60s. Don't shoot it, Ernest. Yeah. And they're all yelling, shoot it, Ernest. Poor Ernest is traumatized <laughs> by this moment. <laughs> he shoots it. It bounces off a bunch of stuff. Like nine different things. Yeah. Nine, three people's heads, including Ernest. It bounces yep. off Dr. Love's head. It bounces off the, the head of the, the Hornets coach. It bounces off of Ernest's head, most appropriately final. Swish! It bounces right back into the basket. Nothing but net. They beat the the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Apparently. Against all odds. They won with an Ernest. That's it. That's true. <laughs> he did it. I could not have said that better. <laughs> and Barry Worth. I mean, it was hard work, too. That's true. And so... Worth it. Barry's names. hard work is worth it. <laughs> it's all about the names. It's so great that the euphoria of the win, they're all hugging. And even, by the way, I didn't even mention this. Like, as soon as Quincy sees that Ernest has thrown away the shoes, he goes to return his shoes. He brings them, he bikes all the way back to the mall. During the game. Yep. Just like leaves to return the stolen well, shoes. He told him something. Because he's Kareem he, he is was, next to yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, he was sitting next to him in the he stands. Was sitting next right. to him. Yeah, and turns out the Archangel of Basketball is sitting next to Quincy in the stands. Quincy's like, why did Ernest get rid of his shoes? Mm-hmm. And the angel says, I guess he thought it was the right thing to do. Again, a one-liner, but it says so much. Yeah, and it's not saying, hey, you should should do this. It's just like, like, that's what happened to Ernest. And he, he could have kept it. Quincy could have still kept it. Sure. But he threw it away. The power of being a role model, <laughs> yep. this really does. It, sure. it is powerful it. to yeah. be a role model. So, so, so Quincy is returning the shoes and the clean sweep win. The teammates are hugging Ernest. Ernest and Barry have this really touching hug. I think yeah. because they know it's all about Quincy and they're kind sure. of the only mm-hmm. two that really know that. Oh, Ernest <laughs> and Barry. Barry believed in Ernest. It paid off. It was Absolutely. a sincere moment, definitely. And then Barry gets approached by two scouts, presumably. He and, and he almost has—he almost has like an earnest moment himself, yeah, in like a yeah. team earnest sort of way. Because the scouts are like, "Hey, Barry, like, great job!" And Barry's like, "Oh, well, the team, like, the, it was the all team of us, great, yeah. yeah." And then they're like, "So, like, we'd like to talk to you." And Barry's just like, "Sure." 
What about? Yeah, like, yeah. so clueless. Yeah. He doesn't expect it. Are you ready for the big event? Like, sure. What is it? We're NBA scouts. So Barry's work finally pays off. You needed that for Barry. Yep. Ernest is just getting hugs from all his teammates. I mean, TJ has his arm around him yep. by the end. Like he's part of a team. He's finally. part of the team. Speaking of arms, like they're patting Ernest on the head, and he's che- they're all cheering, and his hat kind of slips, and Jim Barry's like, "Nope," and yep. like just like grabs the hat and puts <laughs> yep. it back so out. Bad. I don't think so, I've ever seen him flinch like that. I've yeah. never seen. Yeah, he reacted so fast. Like. <laughs> he, he, he was, on, quick, it. He was yeah. on it. And then we see uh, Quincy finally returning the shoes to Zamiel Malik, right? Yep. Who he knows as only the owner. This, this is, is where the, the chess game is revealed. The yes. big, the real game that's yes. been going on in this movie big reveal. has been the chess game between the Archangel of Basketball and Zamiel Malik, e- either a minion of Satan or Satan himself. Some sort of nefarious creature. <laughs> Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. And they just have this conversation as if they're like friendly rivalries. Yeah. I had that kid the moment he laid eyes on those shoes. But you didn't see Ernest Cummings, Emil. You lost big time. You know, I gotta hand it to you. Using the Yahoo with the brown hat, the magic shoes on, that was brilliant. I was I was totally blindsided. I figured you'd be up to your same old tricks. Oh, well, they work most of the time. Kareem's like, it's chess, baby. I was <laughs> yeah. three stuff. Zamiel's like, how did you even know Ernest would make the right choice? How did you know any of this stuff? And he's just like, it's chess, baby. And then God, like, thunders at him. He's like, well, and I had help. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, right. God knew Ernest's good heart would win out. Oh, yeah. So but even that was a big reveal of how Quincy was really that focal point. Yeah, this is like oh, because yeah. we didn't really yeah. know like, until yeah, that. Like I was after Quincy the whole time, Not but how Ernest, Ernest was Not really Ernest. it was he was instrumental in God's plan. Well, God in this used movie. Ernest to save Quincy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> slam dunk Ernest. There you slam go. dunk Ernest. <laughs> but after that, and he says, "Until we meet." again yeah yeah like this is an eternal game they're just gonna keep playing it like they know each other already and they're like till next time and then zamiel walks off with with irma yeah in black in black see she was she was in red before man and now she's in black Mm -hmm. and she's like will i make lots of money and zamiel's like expensive oh yes expensive money money. (laughs) which was great because when i saw that moment was repetitive this is how i thought of eternity this is the same moment how he lured her from the very beginning but yet he's doing it again it's like a a repetitive situation yeah Yeah, it was it was the oldest struggle in the world it's the spiritual battle (laughs) slam dunk earnest that's right. <laughs> What's so dark is that Irma is not earnest, but she's like the anti earth She's like the way it could yes, have she, gone. Yeah, exactly she right. The, she, you're exactly right. She is mm-hmm. the choice that Ernest could have made. And like, not everybody makes the right choice. Some people fall to the dark side. She made her choice, just like Ernest made his choice. It's Absolutely. like, it's really interesting that they showed like somebody make the wrong choice. I'm glad they did that because if it was just too much victory, then we wouldn't have been able to see the other side we wouldn't be able to understand that and what i liked about this though at the very that last moment was with that repetition it also reveals how when it comes to evil or darkness she's still not completely lost she still has a chance yeah she can still make it hence the quote that the archangel said about i'm sorry he doesn't take people out for technical fouls god doesn't take people out for a technical foul Thank you. Ah. That's it. 
she still has she still that has a chance. chance. But it goes to show you, he knows that she does. And he, again, that's pulls why he's her still off tempting with the, her. the lottery. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's a vicious cycle. He yeah. has to do that to keep, keep her, her in. in. Yep. This is a battle that keeps going. This is your human life. Yeah. You're making choices and you will continue to make choices. Absolutely. And it's not easy. Because not we easy know, sometimes. That's, that's the spiritual battle of, of life. And that's the beauty of choice as well. So mm-hmm. this is was definitely a great... I love this movie. Slam dunk Ernest. Favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Ernest movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Quincy learns a lesson. Ernest has a monologue always as it should be they're all like yeah we did it and then of course Ernest comes out last and just makes a little speech about being Ernest basically yeah and then immediately falls falls down yeah slam dunk Ernest well and thus we have (laughs) the slam dunk Ernest I mean we won right that's the deepest discussion of slam dunk Ernest anyone has ever had right undoubtedly (laughs) I would think so yeah Yeah. I can't imagine I almost cried at that discussion. That oh, was yeah. intense, yeah. man. I certainly did not expect this. Uh, it is an onion. It has layers sure. and layers. Wow. And that is Slam Dunk Ernest, the 1995 video release. Check it out. I mean, Definitely. great, a decent movie for kids. I'm proud of Slam Dunk Ernest for taking the time to do some good <laughs> for the children of the world. That's Ernest, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening, listeners. Uh, Cindy, thanks so much for bringing your insight to Slam Dunk Ernest. Thank you. Had a great time yeah. today. Yeah. I'm glad that you finally got to talk about your own childhood hero. I am too. I am too. I think this was definitely a perfect movie that kind of just encapsulated all of my emotions. And of course, I'm sure emotions of a lot of the kids who were touched by his work and by who he was. And this is why we're doing this today. Sweet. Aww. Aaron's heart grew three sizes It that did. Day. My, my heart did grow three sizes watching <laughs> Slam Dunk Curtis. It has made mine too. So you're not alone on that. I hope it's made your heart grow too. Listeners, I hope you found that edifying. Please continue to listen. Check us out on Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Follow us on the various social medias. Mm-hmm. Subscribe on iTunes and rate and review the podcast, please, so that other people can find it. After our next extra, we'll be back with... Ernest goes to Africa. Right. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I've never seen. You this never one. know the merit we will find, Dave. That's true. If this episode taught me anything, it's that exact statement. We'll see you next time. Cool. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Viva Lavarga.